If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. What is the long-term effect of too much information? Information, information, I just need some information. I've been dying, I've been dying. Is it lack of education? I've been reading, I've been reading without any transformation. I'm addicted, I'm addicted. Is it overstimulation? Hey. Welcome to the Success Report. The Success Report. Hear ye, hear ye. Come one, come all. You are listening to the Sixth Sense Report with Joel Nikoloff and Darnell Samuels. Hey, man. It's that time of year. A new Star Wars movie's coming out. Well, I think... Th- I think Actually, that's it already I, came out. Yeah. Well, I, I, that's <laughs> what I really like about this time of year, um, the Christmas season, because then you always have like these new X-Men or new Star Wars, these new blockbuster movies that everybody gets amped about. Uh, so this is I'm really excited about this new Star Wars movie. So I thought it was well, we thought it was great to do an episode with the Afterwatch guys. You know, we we recorded with the the guys from Afterwatch. They they released the the episode on their channel about a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think early about December fifteenth, sixteenth time frame. Okay. Um. Uh, well, sorry, and for our listeners who don't know what the Afterwatch podcast is about, why don't you explain to them? Um. So it's our boys, Lavar and Phil. Um. Basically, just breaking down um, podcast or ba- breaking down movies. Um, I mean, they they jokingly said it's the uh, podcast with full spoilers, um, which sometimes happens, sometimes doesn't. But um, those guys have a really good eye for story, um, and so I find it's a good. Sometimes it gives me a good idea of whether or not I want to even watch a movie. Right. Right. No, no. And I always say those guys watch the movies that I don't want to watch or watch the shows that I don't want to watch. Um, but I want to hear the story behind some of these shows. So they always I love these guys and I love their show. And we're not just saying that because, you know, they're they're um, you know, they're our friends. But but the show is really awesome. So for if you guys who haven't checked it out, check out some of the episodes and subscribe. It's a it's a really awesome show. And for the listeners, uh, I'm going to give you guys just a quick rundown of what this episode is going to entail. So we're going to talk about our relationship with Phil and LeVar. And we're going to talk about, after that, we're going to talk about what is our relationship with the Star Wars universe. And then after that is, what is our impression of the most um, recent Star Wars franchise under Disney? And then the political agendas within the Star Wars universe. And then... Uh, Phil and LeVar are going to give us like a breakdown of how to approach um, the Star Wars uh, franchise and just m- watching movies in general. Yeah, I think, you know, for the listener, I give them a little bit of a heads up. Um, my uh, my audio is a little bit weaker. Uh, just my, you know, LeVar had to do some uh, some hard work to get the uh, to get it to the quality that it's at. It's not horrible, uh, but you'll hear uh, a couple extra noises just. I think I was a little too far away from my microphone, and I was unaware of such. Um, so, without shout out to Lavar for for all the hard work he had to put in. <laughs> and without further ado, roll the clip. Welcome to the Afterwatch with Lavar and Phil. I'm keeping all this in. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's let's get this party started quick. All right. Yep. Good afternoon, six centers and the watchers. You are listening to the After Watch Six Sense Report. 
<laughs> okay, so I'm sure some you are wondering why the collabo. Uh, well, for those of you guys who don't know, uh, us four, we go way back. Like, way, way back. Way back, please. Like, CLS Bible study way back. Like, like 10 years. 10 years? Almost. Yeah, it's probably yeah, 10, 10 years now, almost, yeah. It's almost 10 years. Yeah. yeah. Might even be more. Okay, so what's so what's CLS Bible study? What was that about? It was a Bible study. Well, thanks, Captain Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of young young men from different churches who got together Friday nights at uh I guess should we give the name Denny's, of Denny's, yeah. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, free hey, pro- that's free promotion. I don't We go way back to McDonald's, bro. Oh, that's yeah. true, McDonald's we as well. We were persecuted and kicked out. <laughs> and we just we just tore up their parking lot. That's true. <laughs> so Bible study, late night Bible studies with a whole bunch of young uh, men from different churches studying the Word of God. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we were doing it from eleven thirty at night to two thirty a.m. Um, in the morning, man. That's before men started getting married and having I children. Kid- oh man, responsibilities. <laughs> man, CLS was not family man friendly. <laughs> no, that's true. No, no. Yo, shout out to Rafer. <clears throat> <laughs> is this is the only CLS guy you're gonna call out. Huh? Who, who else? Uh, shout out to Darko. Pick up yeah. the album after, right? Shout out so, to Marvin. Starvin Marvin. Starvin Marvin for Grace. Uh, uh, okay, so let, let's. Oh, yo, uh, shout out to Primus because I don't want Primus to be like, "Hey, y'all did the show and y'all didn't even shout me out now." Oh man. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of uh, inside jokes slash inside uh, listener behind. And, uh, and the people who have no idea, they're like, okay, okay guys, let's get on. No, we don't know what CLS is. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So. Wait, no one's going to define what CLS is? Like, oh. what's- <laughs> Yeah, I, I was thinking about that too. So CLS stands for Christ lives sucka or suckas. It's undefined whether it's plural or singular. I, I think it's plural. <laughs> it's a hot debate between the group, but... <laughs> We're, we're still trying to change the name. Yeah. <laughs> Stefan is still trying to protest to change the name. I agree with him. Shout out to Stefan. Shout out to Gideon. Shout out to Gideon. Yeah, uh, man. We can't forget about Gideon. Yeah, man. Okay. So, I think I think we've done CLS. We've done enough too. shout outs. This yeah. is not like a, a like a rap video right here. Right. 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 <laughs> right. Okay. But, but it's good to mention because uh, what we learned from those Bible studies is how to articulate our faith in a deeper way besides just attaching a Bible verse to uh, a movie or, or, or a news article. So for the, for the Sixth Sense Report, um, we interpret stories in the news. And then the Afterwatch, you guys uh, interpret stories through movies. Uh, and Phil, uh, you can you expound a bit like on your philosophy on storytelling? Well, I think just in general that um, what we learned from doing the Bible study is like how to pull the meaning out of a text instead of like imposing what we think a text would would mean onto it, right? So when we approach films and movies, you know, we think and look at them and, and see that they're they all have a theme. They have something that it wants to get across. And, and we just want to observe like the elements in the movie, whether like the plot or the characters or their decisions, their actions, their dialogue, you know, to see what the, the main point of the movie is. Even if an artist or something may say like, oh, there's no point or um, they're trying to hit some esoteric point 
just with those elements together, a lot of the times there's, it's pointed to something larger that they're trying to say. And that's, that's the main, uh, um, one of my philosophies, even with entertainment is that entertainment is not just simply escapism. It's not to make us feel happy, sad, but it's also engagement. It's supposed to, it's, it's showing us something about life or, or what to avoid or something like that. Right. There's something fundamental about that. Yeah. I find, um, I don't know if anyone's made this parallel for you guys, but what I see with Jordan Peterson mm. in terms of his like talking, whether it's historical, talking about different things with regards to story, yeah. I see a parallel with the way you guys approach movies. Right, that, right. Like, so breaking down the story, breaking down, yeah, maybe he uses a little bit more of the like, you know, let's call them literary terms of right. like protagonists. You know, yeah, yeah, kinda, yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. Talks about those like arcs and different things a little bit more like precisely yes but but you guys do the same type of thing with movies and kind of just really the st- breaking down the story what's good and bad about it not just the like cheap entertainment value side of it, right 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 so much of what most people talk how they talk about movies or shows or, or whatnot yeah well and i think a lot of that conversation comes back from uh just even my work in the industry and stuff like that like i work in animation and stuff like that and um, I consider, you know, in animation, you're a storyteller. So, um, that's part of the engagement of even watching stories to see how they get their story across. And that's just me even just basically analyzing. So my mind just worked like I talk with a story group that I do. And, uh, they were like, man, Phil, like you come out of the movie and you can say, this was wrong, that was wrong, this was kind of weird. And like, you could just watch a movie once and you just automatically have that. And I was like, well, this, that's just how I process things. And it's so engaging in that way, like to see those different elements and, and to to see how they piece these things together. Yeah, well, it's funny you say that because that's what I I learned so much from listening to your guys' podcast. Like, you know, we've been fellowshipping for a long time now, and I was shocked at how much the in depth knowledge that you guys have on storytelling. So it was very helpful um, to listen to your show and really understand that you know story isn't just something we in, we engage as children. But it's, it's, it's in everything that we do. Uh, for me, like working through scripture and exegeting. Now, now this is my secret. So I'm a very critical reader of scripture. Um, and that has helped me to be a critical reader of news and documents and blogs that people send me. So my interpretation is, um, I treat all literature the same. And I, you know, I basically exegete it as well. Um, and looking for, um, the overarching theme of the story. Um, and what arguments are being made. Uh, so, so that, 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 that's my connection in regards to how I'm viewing story. Yeah. And that's why even when I watch movies, I'm always looking for something redeemable. So <laughs> my wife complains, you know, one of her many complaints about me is that, you know, the Netflix and chill is very difficult because I'm very, I am very critical of what I watch. So there is no so there's chill. No chill. There is no chill. <laughs> Yo, sorry, babe. Sorry, babe. Like, it's just like, we'll sit there for two hours thumbing through something to watch and then it's time to go to bed. Yeah. Right. Um, so like, I, I'm really critical about the things that, um, that I sit down and watch and that I pay money for. So I, I love the fact that LeVar and Phil are able to, uh, give me the heads up on what to watch or, um, what framework to go into a movie with? Yeah, which is very helpful. Yeah, and that makes it more like fun and exciting. I find like I know people are like oh they just want to escape or they just want to turn their brain off. Like that's like the last thing I want to do. I want to, I like, it's like when you read books, you're having a conversation with the author. I find the same thing when you watch films and stuff like that. You're having a conversation 
with with the characters in that story and you're having a conversation with the person who wrote that story whether it be the actual writer of the script the director the editor you're having a a, a conversation i find that the fascinating but it's it's good it's a good point you bring that up because uh in the in our and me and phil's favorite book uh how to read a book yeah <laughs> more rattler like yeah that's how you read a book uh you're having a conversation with the author that's why you write in your book um and things that aren't clear you note that in the book uh, and things that are being revealed to you, you note that in the book. So it's, a con- it's like having a conversation with the author, and that's how you get the most out of your reading, and I guess the most out of your movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's funny because I think for so long I took the approach like I read a book with the intention of learning, but I, other than watching a documentary, I'm I'm pure escapism when it comes right, to movies. Right, right, right. And like I walk out of movies and be like, I have no idea any of the characters' names. Right, like. I had, and so in pre- preparing for this, I had to be really intentional <laughs> because I was like watching movies so different than I normally would. It's 100% escape. For me, 100%, I'm not at all thinking like, oh, I'm just like, this is cool. No, yeah. but, but Joel, you know, the thing is, I pay too much money for escapism. Like, I need to take something out of it. Like, well, for me, stories ver- are all engagement. It varies because you can have. You can have escapism and go into it with that. So you want a distraction. Yeah. So I'll give right. you an example. One night I was up late. I was kind of bored. I wanted to watch something, but I didn't want to rethink that much. Right. So I ended up watching, I think, Battleship with yeah. Liam Neeson. Is there a theme to it? Maybe. Uh, what's the plot? Who cares? Yeah. But it, it looked pretty. Stuff happened. And got by. And not, I wouldn't recommend the movie, but so I just wanted like Transformers. To- I Everyone. don't. I don't support Transformers. <laughs> but, <laughs> but even actually, you know, even a better example is that is Olympus Has Fallen. Oh, Olympus has fallen. That. Yeah, it's a good action flick. It's rewatchable. It's fun. Do I get a lot out of it? I mean, the White House has bad security is the most I get out of it. But I'm not looking for anything too deep out of there. Well, and, and the thing, too, about that movie is that it's a well-structured movie. Right. It's a well-structured movie, but it's fun. Yeah. I wasn't thinking, wasn't walking the theme. So I, I say that simply to say that sometimes I just want to tune out and enjoy what's going on on the screen. But there's sometimes that you, even if you go in with that intention... If the movie is made well enough, you still walk away with an idea or a theme or um, uh, a philosophy of some sort that the person's uh, trying to share with you. Well, there's even something else to that as well, too. Like, yeah, you can watch movies for escapism, but like, what makes you care or engage you about like said story? Like, so where you're escaping to? Like, like, yeah, if if there's like said some theme, there's certain things that like just as people in in general we gravitate towards stories about survival. Um, I talk with some of my friends who have kids. Like anything that has like kids in it, they get a lot more sentimental now because they have kids. Like if there's a knife relate. in the room, yeah, huh? They can relate. Yeah, they can relate, right? So there's stories about survival. There's story about stories about like love. There's stories about death. There's stories about life or whatever. If they're tackling like these larger themes, that's what naturally like will um will engage us. Like say like the simplest story you could tell is probably like a chase story. Somebody wants to get away. Somebody's trying to capture them. That's the simplest story that you can tell that everybody can kind of relate to in a certain degree, right? Or even um, stories about survival, right? That's Olympus has fallen. You know, somebody attacks. They're 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 um, they're pressed down or pressed back and stuff like that, and they have to find some way to survive. And and you, usually people make that case. Like usually that's the the main point of a lot of stories like do they live or do they die how do they survive you know that's mm-hmm. a story like how do we actually live you know that's like a, like it's a, it should be like a an analog to like kind of life in general right so even with like you know 
escapism type. Like, I like watching Fast and Furious movies and stuff like that. You know, I, I love them. But, you know, eventually it's like cops and robbers. Um, it's people trying to survive. It's people trying to make a way for themselves in the world. And I think in a certain degree, you know, that's what engages people. Yeah, you know, it keeps them coming back, right? Outside of just the effects and stunts and stuff like that. So from when you guys started the podcast, have you changed at all? Like in terms of are you do you find that you're even more intentional now watching movies? Or like thinking, oh, maybe I'll you know, every time you watch a movie, there's an aspect in your mind like, oh, maybe I'll have to review this for the podcast or I'll have to so like there's a little bit of like more thinking involved other than when you intentionally pick a movie like this is all business now <laughs> uh you know what is for me a lot of stuff is kind of subconscious or after the fact so i might go into something just for the sake of watching it then afterwards like, i'll just make a very good podcast right and in terms of just interpreting or or, or yeah interpreting movies at all that has a lot to do with just a lot of exegesis a lot of kind of bible studies and learning techniques and bible uh and bible studies that I apply to kind of a lot of different things now. So I'm fascinated by how movies are structured and even subconsciously I'm watching a movie and I pick up on how the movie is structured, what the themes are and what the point of the movie is and what they, um, what the, uh, director or the writer is trying to get out of or trying to share with the audience, the movie. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it, it's, it's, I don't always jump into a movie with the intent, with the intention of deconstructing it and preparing for a podcast, but this happens that a lot of them, I feel make a good uh, a good podcast episode. <laughs> well, I uh for myself like just that's naturally how I kind of think through movies. Like I think through like I think more in a stru- story structure way. So I like okay, what's a stable world? What's a stable self? Who's this? What's their world like? Oh, what's turn their world upside down? I think like those three things. And then usually Sorry, I just, what do you mean by stable self? Stable self is basically um what is their life like? So if, if I simplify it down into like two statements, it's like, uh, once upon a time, there was Jack and every day, this is what they did. That's their stable life. That's their stable life. That's their stable self. Right. So I try to see if they give us that. And then once I see that, then I know, okay, this is, this is what the world is. This is, this is what the world. And, and then I know how the world is like turned upside down with whatever happens. So you have an example? Have an example? What, just make up an example? No, just from a movie. From a movie. Um, okay. Godfather? Godfather. Godfather, I don't know. I don't remember the stable self for that. Like, there's a movie called, uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of that movie before? No. Mm-hmm. I heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a, just an indie movie. So basically, it's about kind of like a dysfunctional family that have to take their daughter to, uh, a beauty pageant in, like say like Florida or something like that, right? The stable self for that movie, right, is that um, they're a dysfunctional family. All of them have goals. One wants to, uh, like the father wants to be like a self help guru. The mom kind of wants to maintain the family. The grandfather is training the granddaughter to to be a beauty pageant, um, being a beauty pageant, but she's not that good. Um, the son wants to be a pilot, right? And, um, and Steve Carell's character, who's the uncle that comes to stay with them eventually, he wants to end his life because he's lost the love of his life, right? So all of them have like certain trajectories, very, yeah, trajectories and-, and goals, right? And then, um, all of them are brought together. They're all kind of unfulfilled in some way, shape or form. The son feels that, oh, the, the parents are keeping him back. <laughs> Steve Carell, they stop him from committing suicide. He wants to end his life, basically. And then the, 
the father is kind of like a failed business owner and stuff like that. So they all want to win in some way, shape, or form. They all want to attain a goal. So what actually propels the story forward is that the the daughter, the youngest one out of all of them, she gets an opportunity to participate in a national uh, beauty pageant, basically. Like for like child, you know, think like yeah. Honey Boo Boo type type stuff, right? <laughs> uh, um, she gets the opportunity to do that. And then all of them kind of get in the van to go on this journey to carry her to this beauty pageant. And really the theme of that movie is like, what actually is winning versus losing? Do you yeah. want to be a winner? Do you want to be a loser? And so the dad wants to take the daughter there because, no, she needs to be a winner. The grandfather is like, she's kind of already a winner. The mom is like, no, there's more than winning, right? And and the son and everybody else is along for that journey, right? So it's a, really a story about like who, what is actually winning versus what is actually losing. You so know, the stable life is is pretty much their life before this the initial, yeah, before this opportunity, the opportunity comes up. This, okay, the stable self is that they all want to achieve goals, but they're all failing in some way, shape, or form, right? It's not like a, it is kind of a. If you observe in that way, then you can be a lot more forgiving with movies to see what they introduce to you and stuff like that. Uh, st- example, Star Wars, right? Uh, um, the, the Skywalker? Uh, no, no. Uh, oh. Force Awakens. Okay. Right? Force Awakens, stable stable self for, say, Rey. Rey, she is a... Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before before we get into that, yeah. before we get into that, because like, we want to we be able to pack it um, more in oh. depth, but... Just for our listeners, because uh, we want to address uh, the the Star Wars series, right? So, just in general, where where is everybody's head at in regards to how you guys see the series and what's so great about the series? Okay, so what's great about the series? This is stemming back from the first. Yeah, one. and your relationship to it. Okay, so my relationship to it is I saw the original ones on TV decades ago, um, and then a few years ago I got the urging to get the DVDs and rewatch them and so forth. So I, I did that. Um, I enjoy the series. I watched. I've seen every movie. Um, I've watched at least two or three of the animated series. I read two graphic novels. Um, Oh, and I've listened to like three or four audiobooks. Uh, and pretty much the majority of the stuff I've heard and taken in has been good. I, I enjoyed the series and my attraction to the series is pretty much the kind of uh, fictional journey that they go on. It's relatable. Luke Skywalker is relatable. Um, Han Solo is... is it, it, if you look at the characters, like Luke Skywalker is relatable. Han Solo is the guy you want to be. And 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 Leia is the type of strength that you want to have in your life, right? So it's it's just a fun movie to watch, but it's, it takes you on a journey. Um, and I like those movies that kind of... You can transport yourself into that... Into those roles. So that, you know, movies like Wizard of Oz. Um, stuff like that. So yeah, journey, fun, relatability. Um, it's funny. I... I distinctly remember I went and got the I want to say it's the first one but I don't know for sure I went and got the first Star Wars from the movie uh, for like a rent the movie because I had to do like a book report type of thing on it in like grade 6 like I was I was signed something and somehow this was the movie we picked awesome school so (laughs) and you know from there obviously you know growing up everyone's involved like you know I grew up in the I was born in 85, so, like, you know, essentially when I'm, like, 8 to 10 years old, this is, like, 
a throwback movie, right? Like this right. whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Every, it's right. like, it's starting to become, you know, uh, a cultic following. It's right. starting to have really that. So I started getting into it partially because it was like, almost like I had to, right? right? Like I watched it because of this report thing that I was doing. Yeah. And then, you know, I can remember just really just enjoying the, the realm of, yes. of Star Wars. And so, you know, when the movie started coming out again, I was just excited that they're like, okay, finally we get more. Like, right. when I say coming out again, I don't, for whatever reason, I never watched episodes one through three. And, uh, and I have no intention to. Right. And, and partly because I think when episode one came out, it was just like, you know, there was so much critique of it just being yeah. like poorly done. And so I was like, I don't care. Right, I'll stick right, with, right. You know, four to six being so good. Right. Um, and then I, I've watched everything since, kind of like Force Awakens coming yeah. out again. Um, and and when it first kind of came out again, Force Awakens, I remember going and like being like, I just enjoyed it, partially right. just the like the nostalgia of the whole you know world that we're finally getting to go back into. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I enjoy it. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm definitely like I'm not a fan boy or anything like right, that. Right. Like, I'm right. Right. Hardcore. Um. But I've definitely enjoyed the series, enjoyed the characters, and like. The more I was like, just give me more for a long time. And then when it finally came back, I was excited. Right. So like for myself, like Star Wars is more of just like a cultural kind of like a landmark for me, I guess. Because like I was too young to watch it when like the original trilogy came out and stuff like that. So um, I remember seeing it like when it was on TV, it'd be like there every so often on TV, like the original, like, like, you know, hope, like, um. A New Hope and, and stuff like that and the Return of the Jedi, right? Like, I remember seeing those on TV and stuff like that. I started getting more into it when uh, they released the prequels and stuff like that. I still haven't watched all the way through um, Attack of the Clones. I still haven't watched it all the way through. I, I couldn't do it. But, uh, like, with Star Wars just in general, it is kind of more of a cultural landmark for myself that I'm familiar with the world, I'm fi- familiar with the movies, um, they always come up. I work in animation, so like Star Wars is sometimes like a constant conversation in terms of fan art and, and stuff like that. I really enjoy like the series, the worlds, uh, the world for it. Gone through a lot of uh, books for Star Wars and stuff like that. So like it's Star Wars is kind of like always there. So I'm always kind of familiar with it. But like Joel, I wouldn't say that I'm a fanboy to farthest extreme. But it's Star Wars has always been like kind of tangentially connected with my life like even watching like Ewoks back in the day and watching like the show Droids <laughs> Droids Droids yeah. Droids was a big show yeah, well yeah. that's a show I grew up on watching Droids and stuff like that like there's always like Star Wars kind of there and I'm, I've been always been familiar with it now with like the newer movies like Last uh, Force Awakens and Last Jedi and stuff like that and um, say like Rogue One Han Solo I really like the world that they're introducing again some story beats I'm not too necessarily happy with <laughs> um but I'm really enjoying just the universe in general that they're they're bringing out. So still a fan. I really like the animated series for Star Wars. I think that really helped to uh, help me to enjoy the prequels a lot more and enjoy like the newer things that they're doing with uh, the Star Wars universe and stuff like that. So um, yeah, generally I'm I'm positive, but I have my critiques. For me. I, I guess I guess I'm representing the people who think the whole series is whack. <laughs> uh, I, I had I have no, I ha- I will I had no interest in Star Wars. Uh, 
I thought it was uh, a geeky thing and uh, a nerdy thing, and I was too cool for it. I take offense to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, I, it was just one of those things where, um, I just avoid. I didn't avoid it on purpose. I just didn't see the need for it. Uh, and I guess as I grew, uh, and <laughs> I, I, not to sound cliche in bringing it back to scripture, but I think first I became, uh, I guess just looking at scripture and seeing the storyline and understanding the beauty of good storytelling. Uh, there's no better story than, 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 um, than the story of redemption. And as one of my friends started walk, t- you know, I hear pastors referencing his illustrations from Star Wars and making those connections. And as I start to talk to uh, some of my friends who 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 are well versed in their uh, Star Wars knowledge and their Star Wars theory, uh, I found I found the idea of the story and how it was structured, how it was working backwards, and it wasn't working in necessarily in chronological order. I found that fascinating, and. Uh, Technically, the only reason why I, I I picked up Star Wars like about two years ago, and that's because it was a Netflix and chill night, <laughs> and you know my wife just wanted to spend time, and I just wanted to read, and I was just like, all right, fine, let's just let's just get the Star Wars thing out, out the way, so at least I don't I'm not like a total outcast. <laughs> so so my commentary going forward won't be as in depth, but um, I'll represent the group that's kind of like, come on, guys, really? Are we really talking about Star Wars right now? There's people dying in the world, and black people are getting beat up by white police. Can't we talk about something serious? There's nothing more important than Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, um, for those of you guys who are like me and are a bit confused about the story and the chronological order, uh, we'll post the show notes. Um, there was a really good article that puts um, the movies uh, in, in watching order. Um, not necessarily in chronological, but um, is the development of story. Um, and it, it was very helpful for me to get caught up, especially if you're not well versed in this stuff. Well, that's a controversial thing. Like people say, like, "Oh, should you watch the prequels first, or should you watch?" Right, like, of course, of course, watch- of course. Yeah. <laughs> some people are like, "Oh, which one should you skip altogether?" Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's a whole other. I, I, could, I could tell you that right now. Uh, well, we, we we already. If, no. if you listen to the after watch, you already know what the bars. <laughs> thoughts are on some of the episodes but but generally i I enjoyed it after when i watched it in the story i enjoyed it so Mm. i'm not as critical as i once was um and i just took it for what it was good storytelling and i enjoyed it Mm. so going back to before we you know sidebar yeah where you were going like i think it's a good intro because of the it's essentially the force awakens right 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 right. so if you want to jump back into where you were um, right and then we'll just kind of go from there. Okay, so I was talking about like the stable self, like the stable world within like the new, the newer movies that were brought out, mm-hmm. right? So starting with like say Force Awakens, like the stable, it's it's interesting, like the stable world that they set up for like for Finn, for for Ray, and for Kylo for the new characters is actually quite interesting. So. With Rey, she's trapped on a planet, like she's been abandoned there, and she's just basically like a survivor. Basically, she's on her own, alone, has nothing really to look forward to, but a hard life. Basically, being like a like a salvage salvage person, you know, and just trying to get food day in and day out. She's just basically trying to survive, right? Versus like Finn's introduction, he is having basically a moral 
kind of crisis from his upbringing to basically doubting, you know, all his years of, uh, you know, being in the Empire as an Imperial soldier, where you see, like, the first scenes, basically, uh, they're looking for Poe Dameron and stuff like that, and uh, you first introduced to, to Kylo Ren, which you don't see his face or anything like that at the beginning, but you see somebody who is, <clears throat> like, hunting uh, for the, like, rebellion. I don't remember exactly what he was there for, but um, you see this character who's very Darth Vader-like on the hunt for Poe Dameron, and you see, uh, at that moment, Finn's storyline begin when he starts to actually have doubts about where he, like, not even where he fits in, but doubting the orders that he's been given. So he starts at a place of doubting um, all he's known, not firing on a group of people, you know. I don't know if that's maybe even inspiring him to produce, uh, pursue some change, basically. Well, I think... Based on what you just described as like a really good kind of start to his character, yeah. Like I, I love that part of, yes. of Force Awakens, right? Like the way, like you're getting to see, you know, this, the, the troopers in a different manner, right? Because in in the first like four or six, they're just such like they're almost props, right? Yeah, like they don't they don't have a persona. There's almost no character. Right. To the individuals. And then you have this, like, kind of pull out of nowhere. Oh, and, and it, I thought it was really um, interesting. It was a new a new twist, a new storyline, that right. like something that's not, you haven't seen. Yeah, that's a, a really brand new nuance they brought to, like, the stormtroopers in general, right? Before yeah. they're, like, kind of like cannon yeah. fodder, basically, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. And then now you're seeing, oh, this guy has a soul. This guy has a mind. Like, he's thinking through things. It's not a robot. Yeah. Okay, so just to give some like background into uh, uh, the Force, the Force Awakens. Uh, so it's so George Lucas sold the rights to Star Wars to Disney, and so some fans were skeptical about uh, the direction it would go under J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Yep. So what, uh, Phil Lavar? So what were you? What were your guys' take on the chain? The changing. Of who would handle the well, story? I think specifically that's the change it would it would make that, that Disney would make, not necessarily J.J. Abrams. Right. Uh, so what Disney would do under with um, Kathleen Kennedy yeah. as producer of the Star Wars franchise, um, and the first thing she did was get well, well, the first thing she did, but one thing she did was get Abrams to do Force Awakens, which was I don't say a controversial movie uh, necessarily, but people were it was split. In terms of um, if it was a great refreshing of the series or if it was just retreading the same um, Storyline. same storylines, but I think so far since her since Disney has taken over the series, um, it's become a lot more commercial, right? Uh, a lot more mainstream. I dare to say, maybe even um, what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, the flooding kind of the market with Star Wars, right? All the places, even now, there's TV series, like two or three TV series being planned to be released. Right. In addition to two new animated series coming out. But I think the direction overall hasn't been, at least in terms of how storytelling and performance and stuff, for me personally, it hasn't been great. Right. Well, I, I probably like, I think when Disney actually acquired, like, Luke, like, acquired Star Wars, I think there was a lot of doubt, like, about what they would actually do with it. With Force Awakens, I think initially it was received 
like really well at the beginning. It's just upon reflection, people are like, then it kind of soured after a bit because you have to remember that this is coming after the prequels, which a lot of people universally kind of really hated the prequels. A particular generation hated. A younger generation was okay with it. The older generation, yeah, the younger generation it. wasn't really talking that much. It's usually no, the, but yeah. they grew up. It's like the prequels came out what nineteen years ago now, right? So they're you know, but it was overwhelmingly like negative towards the prequels. It's the, it's the older generation. It's the people who grew up watching the original trilogy that hate the prequels, right? Right. The, People but, grew up on the terms prequel. of like reviews, stuff like like okay, fine. And, like I think people general. And so when Force Awakens came out, I think in general it was received more positively and then soured a little bit over time. Is right? it because the other films caused like a different reflection on Force yes, Awakens? Indeed. Okay, yeah, right. yeah. So to some extent, it was the trajectories that were set up in Force Awakens. Right. It was the way the story because I. To be honest, I think Force Awakens is probably the one I like the most. Right. Of all the new stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I I would agree with that. It's probably the most likable movie out of the what Force Awakens, you have Last Jedi, Solo, and um Rogue One. Rogue, Rogue One. One. And all all those four, Force Awakens is the better movie, personally. Right. I don't I'm not in love with Force Awakens, but it is a watchable movie. And I think the main criticism of Force Awakens is that nothing new really added except for new characters. If you look at it in terms of characters, it's great. Yes. In terms right. of story, meh. Right. But the characters, meeting Ren, not Ren. Kylo Ren. Thank you. Kylo Ren, um, uh, Finn. Finn, and the rest of the characters. Great characters. Great stuff to those characters. Those characters are very, very interesting. Yeah, because with Force Awakens, what I liked about it, it had so much promise. Exactly. Like, that's, how, that's how I view Force Awakens. Force Awakens is the movie of promise. Like, oh, this could be amazing. <laughs> like... The way that it's going. Then, it, it was a fun. Then Last uh, Jedi. Was, uh, uh, okay, okay, so, okay, so, no, well, I think, I think the, 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 the meat of the conversation is this. The direction that it's currently taking, like, what direction okay, is it going okay. in? Why, do, why does it seem to be such a split or such a antagonization to, uh, against the new movies being released right now currently? Because Last Jedi is, I think it's the most split movie. Out of any movie I've I've heard of recently, most divisive, most divisive. Like I don't hear people saying it's not a universal great, universal trash. It's half people saying it's great, half of people, half one half says I don't know why it's so bad, and that half says it's the most horrible movie ever. Right. And all the people who hate that movie, they're, they're mentioning the exact same issues that they have with the movie. Overall, the direction that these movies are taken, they seem to be a lot more. It appears to be there's a there's a lot more agenda. Within it, right? Like they're they're trying to go a particular direction that is running a commentary on on society today. But isn't is that um, more specific to Hollywood as a whole? And then this is just another piece so that you check mark the box where they're applying the same. Like I would say the way mainstream media operates, the way move. Like you look at you know the entire Hollywood elite type of. Yeah. You know, they fall perfectly in line with mainstream media in terms of the super progressive agendas that are going on. Whether you agree with them or not, it's not the point. Yeah. But like Hollywood just totally picks up those things. It's like um so my question is really, is it that, you know, Star Wars is just following along along with what we see in TV shows, what we see in movies, and so rather than being you know, this is just another box that they're checking. And, and kind of where I'm going with that is that secondarily, is there other issues that maybe these, you know, let's call them 
progressive ideas or ideologies are infiltrating the film, but the film could have still been good. Okay, so I would so I want to address it in two ways. The first way is this: I, I it seems like you're asking, is Star Wars leading the charge or are they following the trend? Um, no, I would say yeah. The second question, not so much are they leading the charge, but are they doing the things that we would we see everywhere else? Okay, and is that the issue or are there other issues? And these things are also just there. I think it's the latter. I think it's so Hollywood puts political and whatever type of stuff into the movies. It's been done. That's not an issue. For me, the issue is what type of ideas are putting in there. And even on top of that, I can disagree with what you put in there. But if you do it in such a half-hearted way with no creativity, not really a good story, that's kind of the problem as well. So you have a particular stance on X. Okay. I don't agree with your stance. Can you at least present that stance in a way in which I'm at least entertained by the movie? That when I drop my money, I walk away learning something, seeing the different perspective on things, think about it, probably reject the idea, but at least it wasn't a waste of my time and wasting my money. As opposed to, <laughs> no, no, because it's, you know, it's my money. I work for my money, right? Don't you work for your money? Right, right, right. right. So, <laughs> so if I'm going to hate, if I'm, if I'm going to disagree with your movie, at least make your movie good. Right. So, so, and, t- and the reason I kind of worried the way I did originally, because you look at something like Marvel. Mm-hmm. Marvel is following a trend. They're trying to be, uh, they're pushing hard with inclusiveness. Not an issue with that necessarily. It depends how they do it. Mm-hmm. Star Wars seems to me that they're trying to lead more or less than follow. They're trying to, they're trying to kind of plant their flag, move forward and speak to the society and say, follow us as we go towards this direction. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the impression I get. I could be wrong. But that's the impression I get with how they kind of do things and the kind of statements that come out. Right. Because uh, I, I was speaking to Phil uh, prior to recording. Phil made a good point about, uh, you know, you know, political agendas have always been in movies. Mm-hmm. And that it's one of those things where you could still do it in a way and tell the story without being um, blatant. So, like, for example, uh, so we have a uh, – there's a follower we have uh, on Twitter, uh, Henry Knox. So, shout out to Henry we shouting you out. Shout out, Henry. Shout out to Henry. <laughs> so, and Henry made Henry made a very good observation, and he said that, like, for example, uh, the new destroyer is called the Supremacy. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Right. So, and it's one of those things where you're like, you know, you went from the destroyer to supremacy. You know what I mean? And it's just like, you know, it's just like, and that's the thing. Like, why not just call it the destroyer? Right, the destroyer two or something, yeah. Or well, hmm. didn't they name the? There was the destroyer, then there's the super destroyer. Oh yeah, okay. Right, and but, then like, I mean, if you're sticking with the trend, why don't you call it the supreme destroyer? Yeah, but even that, but even that, like, even so, so part of it too is as a black man, like my, so I already have a presupposition when I yeah. see things. So some black people get excited when they see Finn, when they see you know. You know, not 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 just a a, a smooth talking Billy D Williams, which I felt, you know, with a, with a perm, you know, something like they got they got pimps in space. I didn't even know he was in the movie. Whenever I started watching, I was like, oh, they got they got brothers in space too. I'm yeah. like, okay, uh, praise God. But so, but when they introduced Finn, the future is fly, uh, right? The future is fly, right? The future is pimping, right? You know what I mean? But when but when Finn came in, I, I don't know, it, I I kind of got uncomfortable because I felt like it was gonna be like okay. Are, is he gonna be? What What are they gonna do with him? Because now he's representing right. black people. So you're like, okay. So now it's, it's almost like, okay, 
what are they going to do with his character? Um, is he going to evolve or is he going to just become um, another uh, token? Uh, I'm not going to call him Uncle Tom. I'm not, I don't, no. don't want to call him that and nothing like that. But yeah. it's just one of those things like, okay, well, now all eyes are on the black guy. And then the black guy, then the Asian girl falls for the black guy. And you know what I mean? And it's just like, okay, I don't know. Maybe, like I said, from my, from my perspective, um, I have antennas up for this stuff. So it isn't just, oh, well, okay, he just happens to be black. No, it's not just happens. He was predestined by the directors to be there for a specific purpose. No, you're right, though. Right. Right. So, right. Right. So, so, so Knox, so Knox makes uh, some more commentary and he says, and he says this. So in interviews and panels, uh, they've emphasized Finn's blackness. Okay, good. But his total character arc after TLJ is now non-existent. And just when he was about to get his moment, it was snatched away by someone and has, and he has basically become the comic relief, a topical black trope. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a criminal thing in, in Last Jedi. Cause even the thing, even when we look at these films, I think even part of the reason why, like, you know, uh, uh, a podcast on economics and politic, political thought, and a movies podcast has uh, have come together to even talk about like the Star Wars franchise and stuff like that. Is because we're seeing just in general in the culture like the merging of these two things in a more blatant and overt way. True, right? So just even like with Star Wars, right off the bat, like I would say, like Marvel had uh, a desire for inclusiveness, which is not a bad thing, right? Um, but I think even when J.J. Abrams was doing even some publicity for this, it's like, yeah, we want to be more inclusive and show more different types of people, which is not a bad thing, right? It's just the stories that they're, you know, giving these characters, like, to even provide them with a valid reason to actually be there, you know, that's sometimes the issue. Like, Finn is, like, a, a the tried-and-true example now over the course of Force Awakens and Last Jedi, where... I felt his story was actually really is a really good introduction and something very interesting in terms of how is this person who has been like in, indoctrinated by this one worldview how does this guy go to become uh, a rebel now or go against the programming go, yeah go against the programming go against you know what's been kind of shown he's to him raised in pretty much all and, his life right and he's fearful of this thing like how does this person who technically is fearful and somebody who's running away a deserter, mm-hmm. how does this person become someone who is brave and actually stands up for something? You know? Um, that was what was seeded within kind of Force Awakens. You know what? When I thought, when I think about like Force Awakens and Last Jedi, um, I think about Wizard of Oz. I'll tell you why. Because I was actually reading a book, Invisible Ink. Oh, right. Right. And it made a reference to Wizard of Oz. And the thing with the line, um, Tim Man and the uh, Scarecrow, Scarecrow yes. is that. They denied being what they were. Right. They said, Skyco said he has no brains, but he turns out to be intelligent and it's proven in a movie. Right. Tin Man said he has no heart, but he actually shows affection and caring line. Right. Courage. And so, so I say, I simply say this, that when you look at the three main, well, four main characters, but look at the three main characters mostly. Look at Ray, Finn, Finn, and, and Kylo. Not Kylo. Poe? Poe. I don't consider him a big character. Well, That's just, just a marketing Just Star thing. Wars Awakened. Just, yeah, just, yeah. Like, <laughs> just work with me. But, okay, all right. But pretty much, in those, in the, in the beginning, these characters kind of, kind of they remind me of 
uh, Wizard of Oz. Okay. Including Kylo, actually. Put him in yeah. Wizard of Oz. There are right. characters, they're adrift, they happen to come together to meet, and they, they show themselves to be what they've always been. So, Pops Finn has always been an affectionate person because you see in the movie in Force Awakens he cares for Ray even though he just met her right now the bulk he I think gets knocked out he gets back up and asks Ray are you okay right, right nothing's right. wrong with her so I picked up on those things like okay I like how they built oh, his and character and she's like stop grabbing my hand yeah yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> and, that's, and, I, and I, I was like so why does the brother gotta grab the white girl's hand <laughs> I, that's what I thought. I, honestly, the guys was like, "Okay, so is, was that part of the agenda, or am I just well, reading it?" No, but actually, that's a good point, though. But 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 my point is simply that these characters are showing themselves over the course of time to be who they probably already have been. So Poe probably was a leader, you know, right. in some sense. Finn was always an affectionate, heartful individual. Kylo was already maybe already surpassed his 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 mentor uh, Darth Vader. And Ray's and like it, this fighter to survive, like and then and then yeah, Finn, Ray's and, perfect. And, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. it seems like you know Finn's being torn behind between the ladies. Well, no, that well, here's, but here's the problem with the case. So this is what happens in the second movie. Now the second movie is this: you build up characters in such a way that you reveal who they are. You you characterize them almost perfectly. I understand who Poe is. I know who Kayla uh, Ren is. I know who Finn is. I I can describe you who they are, and you know who Ray is. Yeah, and I also don't care who Ray is. That's the only problem. I know who Ray is. But I also don't really care that much. I care, but not as much right. in retrospect, I should say. In right, retrospect. Right. In so, retrospect, in retrospect. Yeah. Going into Last Jedi, here's the problem now. They take each character, exaggerate them, and then throw them to the side. Right. So Poe had... Fine. He wasn't a main character in the first movie. Fine. Right. And perhaps he should have stayed as a secondary character going to the second one, but they made him... A main character. And a jerk. Yes. They took Finn and, and made him almost a buffoon. Yes. And which I find Coonery, to be buffoonery. Exactly. And I find that to be the most offensive thing about Last Jedi. Yes. Is what they did to Finn. Not just because he was black, but he had potential, a good character, and you completely destroyed him and threw him to the side because he had nothing for him to do in the second movie. So all the work you did, forget about fan hype and speculation, forget to the side. You build strong characters. You do a perfect job and tell me who these people are. I can describe them to you. And then you go to the second movie and say, it doesn't matter. And dismisses it all. And you focus on Ray. Fine, she's a star. But you don't do anything with Ray whatsoever that's meaningful, that's long lasting. So now when you look at it kind of in sort of political agendas and stuff, let's go back to your point, Darnell. Does it mean, and, and I have to ask the question, are we just hypersensitive to what's going on in the world? Or are these triggered? deliberate things that are being placed in the movie? Is it deliberate that Ray? Would say deliberate with a particular intention. Is it deliberate that Ray is rejecting the hand of Finn in assistance? <laughs> is it, is, no, is, it, is there a greater meaning to that, or is it just you know that's just her character because she's used to being used to being alone? Well, I think I think we all have our biases, and you know I represent a particular bias that sees things a certain way. So like you know not 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 to jump movies, but you know Enter the Spider Verse. Miles Morales. Great movie. Right? Great movie. Yeah, but Great then movie. but then the person who's working across from him is a white girl. Right? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, this, this is what I see. So, please don't judge me. Okay. So, I see it in Star Wars. I see it in Spider-Man. I'm seeing a lot of interracial um, uh, images. Right. Where I'm just kind of like, okay, even in commercials. And I'm just kind of like, okay, wait, are... Is is this is this media's agenda to break up the black family? Like I was just kind of like I was just like wait, come on man, like why can't why can't he be paired up with a with a with a Well, he's biracial too though. 
You, hmm. Yeah, Miles is biracial. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yes, but, but I mean, just from appearance, though. You know okay, what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, okay. it was just, yeah, it was just one of those things where I was just like, okay, is this, uh, uh, you know, is this subliminal? Like, is, is Dizzy trying to break up the black family? Is that is what you're it, asking? Yeah, that's, what, that's what it felt like. It's sort of, like I said, like, you know, everybody comes in with their agenda. Some people see things, some people don't. And I'm sure there's some listeners who are sitting there saying, yo, Darnell, thank you for saying what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. So going back to the the Star Wars, like, would you say, from a quality of movie perspective, comparing the newer stuff with, let's say, the the prequels, right? Yeah. How do those contrast for you guys? From a Sorry, like, to, to the prequels or to the original three? To the prequels. Pre- prequels. To me, the, the original okay. three are like standalone. Yeah. Them. Okay. Those, because that, that's original. That's the source material per yeah. se, right? Um, even though the source material did have its problems within production as well, too, and a lot of it was saved because of editors and other directors other than George Lucas, basically, right? Um, I'll simply say this. Prequels is more or less forgettable, except for some characters and scenes. Um, the new ones aren't forgettable. Um, yeah, in comparison, prequels are kind of forgettable, yeah. at least for me. Well, except like, for like I, particular characters and scenes well, and it, what it's, sp- and what spins off out of it, meaning right. the cartoon series. Right, right. I think with the prequels, um, the prequels are, I think they're, they're bad. I thought they progressively got better. Actually, okay. with, uh, the last one. What was that? What was the last one? Um, well, you guys always talk about that one lightsaber scene being like one of the best. That's the first one. That was Maul versus, uh, Qui Gon. Yeah. Okay. But I'm talking about, um, Revenge of the, the Sith. Is that uh, Revenge of the Sith or? Yes, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. The last one out of those three, I thought I actually, I thought that was movie was fine. I think most people liked that third yeah, one. I think Darnell, didn't you like the third one as well? Out of the three, was it the prequels? Oh, uh, the prequels. Uh, you watched the Sith? Yeah, no, no, no. I I enjoyed it. It was, it was fine. More than the other two, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I I think with the prequels, the main issue with it was its writing was the main issue, and I think it's actually very dated if you watch it now. Like, like it's visually or the story wise. Visually, it's super dated. The, the writing is a problem. The writing is, is stilted and, and really terrible. I don't recall it. I'm really a lot of politics. I love. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah I, I, I hate it, sand. I hate sand. It gets it everywhere. It just gets everywhere. But you're soft. That is. Wow. Chris, pick up line never. Yeah. Yo, I hate sand, but your skin's soft. Yes, basically. That's, that's it. Uh, <laughs> that, that's in one of the prequels. Yeah, you're, you're convincing me to stick with the no prequel. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really bad. But with the newer movies, I think the writing, like, the writing's better. the the actual The actual cinematography, the actual like quality of movie is is fantastic. I think it's great. I just think that they, with switching directors from J.J. Abrams to Ryan Johnson, um, they kind of ruined the trajectory of the actual characters, right? So, say at the end of Force Awakens, I was like, oh, I wonder where they're going to go. There's all these things that are set up. J.J. Abrams yeah. is really good with that. He's really good with just setting up, oh, there's mystery here. What yeah. are we going to solve? Ryan Johnson, I felt he had a very specific thing he wanted to do. I don't think he really respected the movie that came previously. And by the end of The Last Jedi, he backtracked all the changes that he made to make it really a static story so ray doesn't grow in that story she starts off the exact same space same place that she ends off but she can lift more rocks basically (laughs) that's that's basically 
That that's, that's basically her arc. She's she's minorly progressed in her Jedi powers. Right. Basically, yeah. <laughs> she's been affirmed. Like <laughs> after teaching, after teaching herself, teaching herself. Which you know, so it's kind of hard so to. So there was no man to help her. No, it turns out she didn't need one. So, okay. No, wait, no, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you brought it up. In the first one, she didn't need Finn. In the second one, she didn't need Luke. All this, all this walking and flying around in space. She didn't need Luke. She didn't need. She didn't need Han Solo for a ship. Didn't even need Chewbacca to help fly the ship. She doesn't need anybody. Okay. Well, well Henry. Henry. Henry referred to her as Space Jesus. In in her perfection. Yes. <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, okay. Well, the issue with her is that. Yeah, she's perfect. She doesn't, and because she's perfect, she doesn't need anything. Right. Right. And so the, it's not, and so I'm just clear. She doesn't need a man. She doesn't need nothing. Let me just clear. She's not like an anti-leading woman, strong woman issue. That's not the issue. The issue is that she's a poorly written character. Right. Because they're trying to uh, do right by women. And in a sense, they end up doing harm. Exactly. I think, I think so. Exa- I think exactly that's exactly yeah, the case. That, yeah. Yeah. And, and there's, a, there's a track record of like great strong women in cinema. Ripley from Aliens, um, uh, Sarah Connor from Sarah Terminator, Connor, yeah. the whole cast of The Walking Dead, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Even Leia. Le- Le- thank Le- you, Leia. Leia, Leia is a great character. Right, yeah. Cleo and set it off. No, Cleo's dope. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've been meaning to rewatch that actually. But I, I think the issue is a lot of the times, like there's just no arc to the, like there's no problem that. She needs to overcome. Can, yeah, she needs to overcome that we can actually really relate to. There's no physical well, she problem. Misses, she misses her parents. Yes, but you need to externalize that in some way, shape, or form. Like, whether she has, like, tension or something like that where she can't perform. Literally, I'm done. Like, it was for a moment. Oh, uh, yes, I want to go back to this, uh, where she's from. Yeah, where she's from. And she kept wanting to go back, and then I can't remember the girl, but the, like, crazy-eyed person. Oh, oh the- Mas Kanata. Mas- yeah. Yeah. She was like... You know, calling her out on it, and then it was like they're not coming back for you, right? Like whatever you're thinking about, whoever you think's coming back for you, they're they're not coming back. That, that literally is it, right? And and then you you see no more manifestation of that struggle, right. nothing. She's she's now left her home, has no no regard to go back. There's no struggle there. Yeah. So I I think you know you raised a point about bringing up these let's call them social justice issues, but progressive issues, whatever. You look at solo and. You know, I was contrasting the the droids' treatment in New yeah. Hope. Yeah, when they're like, "We don't serve your kind." Essentially, yeah, yeah, droids yeah, yeah, aren't yeah, yeah, welcome yeah. here. Right. Go ahead, your droids have to go outside. Yeah, like again, you take the L three thirty seven, the whole droid rights thing. Yeah, I actually thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, so did like, I. Yeah. It, was, it was actually I found it offensive. <laughs> okay, but, but my point is, I thought it was humorous. That when it first showed up. But it got it got overplayed, right? Right. It became it wasn't too yeah. long before you're like, okay, I get it. Like, yeah, you didn't need to make a reference to it every second that it was available, right? And so it takes away from telling the story, right. inputting this issue, and allowing this idea of outcasting any group of people. If that's the bigger issue you're trying to tell the story about, yeah, tell it, but then like let it marinate, let it just right. be right. there, right. as opposed right. to like. Force feeding it down my throat that like really my only take on or my only criticism of solo is like that was overdone. 
Right. In general, I, I enjoyed guess. the movie. Yeah. You know, all, like your guys' podcast on it, like totally, yeah. totally like summarized my fu- feeling on it. As much as I didn't want to see some of these things, like yeah. I wasn't craving for it. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it after the fact. Right, 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 I enjoyed right, the stories right. they were telling us that maybe we were getting a little bit of like touch back to previous movies on. Right. We yeah. were starting to, you know, even, even Lando seeing that relationship. Yeah, yeah. Right. It, it like, Played even better into the New Hope relationship, where you see a little bit of that back and forth. Yeah, I mean, again, I love the fact that the Millennium Falcon is just like always showing up in every movie. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Right. When it shows up in Force Awakens, I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" Like, yeah, I was, yeah, I, I, yeah, like, yeah. I was so pumped. I was so right. fired up. Yeah. And that that first, like, yes, her jumping in it and just being able to fly it, like, okay, cool. Maybe she's that, like, you know, got that skill. Yes, Great. right. Yeah. But it was yeah. still a little bit like. Over the top. Right, right, right. But I still loved that scene. It was so engaging. It was so interesting. It was such like a new, you know, way to bring back the Millennium Falcon. And And, and kind of a, like a Luke, kind of like a Luke analogy as well, too. Like him being like a, like a good pilot as well, too. You know, so, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, what else is, uh, so in terms of just even like writing, like, I guess, strong female characters and seeing if there's any sort of, like, agenda, you know, within, like, within films and stuff like that. Like, there are other examples of films where they talk about, you know, social issues, but they talk about these social issues in such a way that, like, as Joel put it, like, they let it marinate. Like, my one example is, like, the Sidney Poitier film In the Heat of the Night. Like, he's struggling with, like, racism in the South or whatever. Sidney Poitier's character, he's a police, he's in the police, he has to investigate a crime in the South or whatever, and the racist, like, cop is kind of getting it is in his way to solve this crime right so so yeah there's racism there but there's also like a larger theme story that he there's a larger objective than him overcoming racism that's the issue here it's just that racism is actually one of the problems he actually has to overcome to actually solve like to fulfill his objective if they treated that with like say like uh say women's issues or stuff like that where that's like an issue that's there that's stopping them from achieving their goal, you know, then, yeah, it'd be a lot more valid because they at least have a purpose that we can all get on board with and see, oh, man, you know what? Because these guys are being jerks. This is why she can't, you know, fulfill whatever goal that she's after or what have yeah. you versus just saying, hey, we like women. Clap for us. Hey, we uh, we want to see be more inclusive. Hey, clap for us. We already. Hey, we're inclusive over here. Clap yeah. for our movie versus well, getting us like on board. The, the one thing that. Again, I'm not against the inclusiveness. Like, I, I, I love the fact that, like, Rey being the next Jedi, right? Like, okay, yeah, having a woman Jedi. Yeah. Cool. But, like, go and contrast all the leaders of, you know, uh, like, historically, the bad guys are yeah. all guys. Right, the right, right. The good guys are all female leaders. And, like, right. excessively, as yeah. opposed to having the bad guys whatever you want to make them out to be look even more bad. Sure. If they want to be all guys. Right. And then now you have this like inclusiveness, like you said with Poe in the second one, they're like, Oh, he's a jerk. Like yeah. <laughs> as opposed to like having um, an inclusive leadership. Right. Right. And, and it was just like every, as opposed to like all the movies come out and other than solo, which you had to have a, a male lead. Right. It's all females. Like even rogue one, right. The female. Right. Yeah. Um, and and that that was a criminal like how they wrote uh Jin Urso that was like I yeah. could stand her character at all like is the most bland why huh why 
because they didn't set up her character like her stable self. They didn't like she. They gave her actually literally no room to grow. Like what would have been a great story for Rogue One is showing somebody who's been scarred by war who then goes to pick up the fight. At the beginning, they 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 establish her as somebody who has been scarred by war. But you know what? Right when you cut to her, she's already a rebel already. She's already in jail, and then she breaks out herself for the rebel to then recruit her. That's not that engaging of a story, and not a good like trajectory for her to actually go. That's engaging for us, right? Like we want to see tra- like in telling stories, we want to see characters either transform or not transform, and experience the consequences for that. We don't want to see them. Uh, not transform and then experience no consequence for that that doesn't make any sense in terms of how we actually relate to life we all make choices and they all have consequences so i think from listening to your podcast and the way, yeah. like essentially what you're saying right now i yeah. remember like some of the shows that i watch like i'm pretty confident i do this all the time with suits yes suits is a show i watch all oh, the time and I like love suits and and being like I like essentially being like, oh, I like what they're doing with this character. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I would have never said that before. Listening right. To right, right. 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 But yeah. it's because it's like, oh, they're introducing this, you know, um, nuance or this, you know, traumatic or this turmoil. Right. And w- what is that doing to the character? Exactly. Right. And seeing how that character is evolving under that context is right. what is, or, or them showing another aspect to their character that you haven't seen before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Like really seeing how circumstance is the catalyst for that exactly and and you're i would say you're describing how they don't they're not doing that they're right. essentially just like hey all you know celebratory for this character yeah. for we're just doing stuff and then this happens and then this happens and then this happens and then we don't care you know that that's 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 the the general trend with a lot of films you see can i ask a quick question to the uh, six sense guys what was your takeaway from last jedi like, what was your interpretation of it? We spilled a lot of blood talking about Last Jedi. Yeah, I want to hear. So, I mean, um, I essentially can get into my the two things about that movie that I like. One of them I actually liked, but at the same time, reflectively hate. Yeah. And the other one is I, I don't like at all, which was the whole um, destroying the ship by going into light speed with oh. no explanation. Right, right, right. Like just, and I maybe I stole that line from you. Yeah. But like the idea that like. This has never been done before, and for n- all of a sudden now they can do it, and it like yeah. there's it'd be different if like it blew up both ships, right? Um, but you are able to use this as an offensive attack, save yourself, yeah. and destroy the enemy, right? And like there, there's no reason that that it is now available to you, right? Why, why hasn't you know, the Millennium Falcon done this 5,000 times already. Right, right, right. Um, so they're, and, and adding the whole like, oh, of course there's a female running that ship. And like, yeah, yeah again, again, I already made that point. Like with the whole, with Holdo, like her introduction into Last Jedi was like the worst intro, like it is the worst introduction you can introduce somebody. Oh, this person has died. Let's introduce, uh, the new, new general and let's let her, let her give a boring speech. Where she rallies people, and we don't know who she is. The, the, <laughs> my my whole issue with that particular scene and Holdo isn't. I don't care, male female. That I, I don't care about her. My issue was that the kill of Akbar, <laughs> the kill of General Akbar, has been in the movies since uh uh um uh, the original Star Wars movies. Hashtag bring back Akbar, and just kill him off without barely with barely an acknowledgement. Like he's been around for like 50, thirty years, and he it would make sense for him. 
to die sacrificing himself in a ship. Like story wise, it made more sense for him to yeah. do it because character because the fans know who he is. If you don't know his name, you know his face when you see his face. Yeah, it's a big fish guy. It's a trap. That's yeah, him. Right. Right. It made perfect sense for him to do it, end it, and that would be the end of that character. And then you can all transfer over to Holdar. Holdo? Holdo. Holdo. Is it Holdo? Yeah, Holdo. He's not the character from like, okay. Hold. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah her. Then you can transfer to her. But it just didn't make sense how they used her. Leia, I don't know why like she was the, even all in the, the movie. Old, all the, the legacy characters, that's like a whole other conversation. Well, you know what's funny? No, go ahead. Sorry. So I was going to say that that actually ties into my other right. big critique, which is the um, Skywalker hologram. Yeah, like the the fact the part there's it's just unexplainable, right? Yeah. Like, how does he able to get in a lightsaber fight, right? Sword fight, right? And then he wasn't a hologram, and now he is a hologram. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Do, there's this aspect where you're in the real world. So what what did he think that he was fighting, but he wasn't actually fighting? Like, you right. know, it's just it's. But conceptually, I liked the idea. Yes. Right, it just right. went yes. unexplained. Like, yes. it was the thing that pushed Luke. To his end, he had to die as a result. All the, there's other aspects of it that I loved. Right, right. It was new. It was different. As I said, like I love the fact that they're introducing these new things, like right. the female yeah. Jedi, right? Like Finn's character, or you the, know, the Skype call, off, right? The, like the Force Skype call. They could call each other through the Force. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, yeah, yeah that's, well, and like the two with, uh, with you're talking about Ray and yeah, Ky- Ray and Kylo. Yeah, yeah. That, like that was new and different, and yeah. I liked it. Yeah, but. Leaving these things unexplained, right, is is just kind of like not doing the entire universe justice, right? It's true because it's it's disrespecting the mythos and also like in, in like storytelling as well too. Like there's kind of like this one phrase I forgot how it goes. It's like if you show a gun, like if you show yeah. a gun in the film, you have to use it later on in the film. Usually, what they're doing in in the Last Jedi, they're just doing stuff and they're not showing us, giving us an inkling that oh, this is what's in the world now. This is kind of what's there. A good you know? example of that is Looper with uh, Bruce Willis and Joseph um, Levitt. Levitt. Yeah. And Ryan Johnson film as well, too. Yeah, yeah. okay. Thank you. you. That's also a Ryan Johnson film as well. So, in Looper, telekinesis is in the world. So, you can move things with your mind. They show that within the first 30 minutes. A guy, a, a side character, is playing with a coin with his mind. Is a, a uh, some kind of postage or signage he's talking about uh, TK abilities, telekinesis abilities. It's brief. But it's noticeable, and it's there within the first act, within the first thirty minutes. That comes back around by the end of the movie, when uh, a, a child that Bruce Willis's character is looking for has that power, but like a hundredfold. Mm-hmm. You see it in the beginning; it's used by the end of the movie. Right. Simple. Ryan Johnson did this movie. Yeah. <laughs> same guy. The same guy who did the Last Jedi. Right. So, what was placed in the first part, the first act of of Last Jedi that he used by the end, besides the characters? What ideas? That bombers. How did that use at the end of the movie? I don't know. They oh. used the ship to fly into other ships. I just think and hate this movie. <laughs> like, the more I think about it, I hate this movie. It just bothers me on every level. But you guys are economists. There's this... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, my take on The Last Jedi, uh, I liked it. It was good. It was just... There was just one scene that kind of... I probably I read too much into... Uh, and that was, uh, uh, not, um, sorry, what's that little green dude's name again? Um, Yoda. 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 Yeah, Yoda and, um, oh. um, Skywalker, you know, you know, have a little dialogue. And then there's like a burning of books. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
to me, I was just like, oh yeah, okay, so these are sacred texts, but we don't need them anymore. Yeah, the, 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 and and that kind of I don't know if I was reading too much into it. I'm like, okay, so we're just gonna just abandon tradition and yes. and the sacred texts or what? But at the same time, I would agree with you, except for the fact that um, Ray Ray took some books with her when she left the planet. Yeah, but but but, but, but the, the symbol of, of like, like yeah, I'm like you, you know, for people who are readers, burning. Literature is just not a thing, especially in it's a bad it, thing. You know, especially in the tree, because the tree that they're in, right? The tree of knowledge, right? It was deep, bro. Right? It was Am I deep? Well, and you Yoda's I mean? laughing about it, right? Yeah. Like, what'd you say? Yoda's laughing about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yo, why go on, Regin? You know what I mean? I was just like, yo, so we're just gonna what, abandon. But that's the whole theme of the movie. The movie is is kind of cast away your history. Oh yeah. wow! And move yeah, forward. That's what it, wow. That's what, that's okay. The, the theme. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so. Just kind of moving into uh, the other side of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. For the viewer and the the audience, um, does all this even matter? Do, do, does do these themes actually transition to the audience where they're watching it and they're and a woman's watching this and they're like, "Wow, you know, Ren didn't need a man, and I don't, so I don't need one." Or you know what I mean? Is that okay? They're burning texts and they don't need tradition, so. You know, I don't need tradition. Do, do you think? Do you think those, those connections are being made um, from the audience? And if so, um, for you guys who are professional movie watchers, like what would you recommend uh, for viewers like me who are like overly critical um, to go in with a framework to interpret? Just like we would go into reading a text. Me and Joel uh, tell our audience, okay, here's a framework to interpret this blog post. Or this article, what framework would you suggest to go in to watching these movies? Well, how I usually suggest, um, I suggest that you watch films like you read an essay, in a sense. It sounds counterintuitive, but understand that all, all media has a theme. They have something that they're trying to get across. And, and I think the best way to enjoy any artist's work is to understand what they're trying to get across, right? So, if you understand what they're trying to get across, then you can actually make a decision to respond to say either I, I agree with this or I don't agree with this. You know, like my example, like my, like one of my chief examples is a million dollar baby directed by Clint Eastwood. I love that movie. I think it's a great movie, but I don't necessarily agree with him about euthanasia. Right. So, um, his view is that, you know, because of the dignity of, of, of life that we achieve, then we should have dignity in, in death. Right. Um, versus like coming from a more of a Christian worldview where we actually say there's an inherent value within people outside of what they actually do. So we, we aim to protect life at every stage, right? So even though I may disagree with him in terms of euthanasia per se, but I understand how he got his point and, and he beautifully illustrates it throughout the film. But at the end of the movie, I'm like, man, that was a really good movie. I understand where he's coming from, but I may, I don't agree with necessarily his final conclusion. Well, so essentially, he's portraying the idea, the thought behind the idea, yes. without forcing the supremacy of the idea. Right, exactly. Right, so he's trying to convince, which is fine. That's fine. You, you, we should do that, right? We should, should try to convince people about our points. But you know, it's there's something to be said about saying this is the view versus this is my thinking behind behind the view. Well, and I would say that's really what we try to do on the podcast, right? right? Like it's a focus on the thought process behind ideas, the thought process behind a position, you know, the idea of, I mean, he's essentially 
building a really strong case yeah. for euthanasia. Right. And so now if I want to actually critique it, yeah. I want to represent that euthanasia's position as right. strong as possible as opposed to being like yeah. suicide for old people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I don't want to misrepresent a be- it's a beautifully it. Direct- it's a beautifully directed movie in terms of the theme. In terms of the other thing, like should you care about these things or like, oh, there's these little themes in there, this and the other. I think it's Tim Poole. Yep. Tim Poole, uh, I think he, I was listening to him on, on Rogan recently and he was saying that, you know, um, like grains of sand aren't a problem until it becomes a heap. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, one snowflake isn't a problem until, you know, you have maybe like an a, avalanche, a, an, an avalanche, right? So in terms of individual things, like being aware of them there, yeah, that's not a problem. But if everybody's saying, like, portraying this idea you're gonna have to address the idea like the the overarching theme behind the idea eventually you know so that that's how i would kind of view these things so i I would say like don't get bent out of shape necessarily when you see them just know that there is an ideology that's behind that's informing said said idea so let's put it out there what is the ideology between the current star wars movies what do you think like contrasting it with the original not even contrasting with it just on its own what is what is the idea you think is being pushed or the agenda being pushed by the current Star Wars films? I, I think they've actually oversimplified, like, you go to, you know, the original trilogy, and there's this, you know, yeah, there's the battle between good and evil, but yeah. there's also a little bit of, like, you know, what happens with government that's too oppressive, and, and there's right. like that, you know, that struggle with, you know, um, trying to create order, and and the rebellion, right? So there's way more depth to that good versus evil battle. Right. Whereas right, right. I would say they've oversimplified it. It's literally like here's the good guys and here's the bad guys. Right. And like, I mean, the the one thing that I actually want to ask you: Am I wrong to think in in Force Awakens, um, the is the supreme leader was yes. like massive? Yeah. 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 Like, and then he just is regular sized yeah well there's a, the, he's a hologram in in uh, force awakens oh so like that's well okay that's where i was i i, I guess i was just misremembering that that yeah. makes sense now yeah, i was yeah. like wait a second what happened what did i miss because yeah, yeah, i was yeah, re-watching yeah. it i was like i don't remember thinking he was so big but that yeah it, okay. it, they could have done a little bit why did his hologram have to be this like look like this cave monster yeah well and i think that i think that's just part of his personality as well too like to portray like um, I mean, he is bigger. Yeah. He's already bigger than everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, ultimately, it doesn't matter because he's dead now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, it's a good character, <laughs> no, that's a character but, development thing. To be honest, that, no. that was a great character development. Yeah, yeah. No, but no, that, that's the point I'm making is that, it, yeah, it was great until they killed him off. No, I'm talking for no reason. <laughs> no, but like the character no. development yeah, of yeah. Um, uh, Cal. Oh, Cal. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, where he, but he's actually fighting the, the most evil guy. But he still wants to be the evil guy. Right? Yeah. Like yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. That was actually cool. kind of interesting. interesting. Well, the right. only thing consistently from the first, second movie is Kylo Ren. He's the only one that maintains my interest and that grows as the character. Yeah, Nobody true. else does. From the beginning of the first one to the ending of the second one, he's the only character that has an arc, that changes position, that actually does something. That shows us something new. He's the most interesting character of everybody there right Technically, now. Technically, like this is the flaw. Like, because usually the person who makes the choices is the main character. So, who's been making the most choices? Technically, Kylo's been making yeah. a lot of choices. He choose to kill his father. Choose yeah. to kill Snoke. Choose to uh, right. save his mother. Choose yo. Choose to even invite Ray into the yo. Yeah, he's a better main character. Yeah, so, and Han. And Han. Oh yeah, he's in Han. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. 
You're right. I, I, these are quick questions that I wanted to ask though. In, in, in The Last Jedi, when, um, Finn and Rose took their side mission to the gambling planet. Uh, to Canto Bite. Thank you. Okay. Take a bite. What was your guys' take on that? What do you think the message was? It, like, it was just <laughs> so much like, hey, let's find a way to be anti-capitalist and just throw it in there and like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but there's just no, no, again, going back to your example of Million Dollar Baby. Yeah. Right? No depth to the position. Right. It's literally like, Capitalism is evil. Here's right. the prime example. Like, money, money's the enemy. Yeah, and, Not, and just like yeah, you know, it was just like so. Like, okay, here's another social justice agenda, yeah. as opposed to actually having depth and like an actual argument. Yeah, well, an actual like, argument. So you want a straw man? You know, a, an anti-capitalist position to some extent is that um, in general, when you have capitalism yep. you're you're creating a meritocracy a true free market is a hundred percent meritocracy right right um i'm not talking about this fake free market that we have where it's so much government involved and it's crony capitalism and favors handed out left right and center right not that but like purely rewarded based on when you provide more things to more people you're going to be rewarded right purely merit-based you create a greater opportunity for inequality right right right, right? so how does that inequality from and, and I'm just saying like capitalism breeds inequality. It tells you the people who are providing more and the people who like obviously a person who has less skills, they're physically um, hindered, aren't going to be able to do the same things and, and probably are going to be having to earn a low level of income. Right. How does society take care of that? Right. And so showing that struggle that society has to take care of the people on the lower end of the spectrum. Right. And how do they do that in a purely free? Okay, you want to make that presentation yeah, and right. argument? Then go ahead. Right. That, that's how you would straw man, like repre- sorry, you would not straw man, you would steel man the, the capitalist position and the struggle that capitalism would have. Right, right, as right. As opposed to just like throwing out all these bad things and like, oh, people are exploitive. Like, right. Being able to exploit someone else isn't fun, isn't part of capitalism. That's a part of the sin. Well, absolutely, sin is a motivation to it, but I would say it's a part of the societal structure. When you allow people to not have property, when you allow people to not own themselves, right? right? When you when you essentially have slavery in the sense of where it's un unmerit, like in the sense I could, I'm not selling myself to you because hey, in order to pay for my kids' life saving surgery, I could do you know go work for you for the rest of my life and make that commitment <clears throat> and have my kids alive. Like, right. as opposed to, oh, we kidnapped these people, right? Like, those are two yeah. totally different things, right. but you're representing them the same. Yeah. Well, what if it would be is that uh, they freed the the horse things at the end of that sequence in Canto Bight after they ride through the city on them? Yeah. And it's like, you know what? Now it's really worth it. She frees, the, takes the, the saddle off the horse thing and lets it go free, and there's kids in slavery still there. Being whipped. I know that one kid that helped him get away, that kid's getting whipped. <laughs> that kid's getting whipped after. He's got the resistance ring. Yeah, yeah, he has the resistance. That kid is getting whipped. To, okay, so yeah, he's going to be able to pull a broom to him with the force. But I know that before he could do that, he got whipped. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't go back and help him. That that, that was my it was all worth it. It was all worth it, it because they let go it. of a horse. So, you know, animal rights activism there. You know, I just, I just wish they'd have fought that stuff through a little Stupid. bit more. That's what, that's the whole point. That, like, so, again, the social justice or the progressive themes that are in the movies right. are not the problem. 
Right. It's the stories they play with them. Exactly. That just like they make them token issues as opposed to actually presenting an issue with, with substance. Right, right, right. So like it's like even dealing with like uh, say slavery with like To Kill a Mockingbird and stuff like that, right? Like they they actually address the issue and not like and, – and see the thing was with science fiction as well too – even though Star Wars is kind of science fiction fantasy, like sci fantasy in a sense, they always do deal with like these deeper themes. Exactly. But the thing is, so that theme is always like throughout the whole thing, and not just like a little caveat that they just throwing in there. Well, you know, and that's that's problematic. That's the thing I've always said, like Star Wars, no, Star Wars, like science fiction, you usually usually ask very good questions regarding humanity. Exactly. If you watch Star Trek, Star Trek Next Generation, you watch Looper, um, Blade Runner, right. whatever the sci-fi movie is, even bad sci-fi movies, there's usually a, a, a question to trying to ask in terms of humanity. What exactly. is, um, Ghost in the Shell, the animated series, that's the live action one. <laughs> you know, that's about like, what is human? What is the, you know, what is the body? What is human being? What is a person, more or less? You know, Looper asked about changing your destiny, changing your future. Right. To ask good questions, to give commentaries on, on stuff. Star Wars doesn't, like I said, it's a fantasy, so it doesn't really ask those deep questions, but it does, to your point, Joel, um, the original one at least points to, in a backdrop, the, uh, op- oppressive behavior of the Empire. And you can draw parallels with that, with like, current you know states and 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 states in the past with the current star wars movies particularly force awakens and last jedi so you made this point once before the empire is big and bad but we don't see why they're big and bad the arguments is your your guys point is that it's very loose and very general right something is bad we should be offended about something but it's not specific enough for me to say oh this particular thing is Egregious. You know, that's a, actually that's a very good point. I never, I never booked that, uh, and and I guess you, you guys are doing a good job of answering my question because, like, as a viewer, you're trying to make the connection, and there's there's definitely a connection being made. Yes. You sometimes you just don't even know what it is, but you hit a point. So for the listeners, when you guys go watch the movie, you know, hit us up and let us know what's so bad about the Empire, or not the Empire, but um. The Last Order, or uh, or, or or whatever uh, uh, the 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 criminal organization is, yeah. the oppressors in the movie. Um, what what is so bad about them? Um, and and help to develop that idea to make the connection, as opposed to they're they're just, uh, yeah, there there is no connection to well, why you would hate them. Yeah, they're like, oh, well, they're like Nazis, like they blow up a planet, you know, like. That's in Force Awakens, right? They blew yeah. up a planet, right? Yeah, but, but the thing is, though, like... For that's us not to, new. Yeah, <laughs> that's not new, right? That's bad, though. But, like, for us to care, though, like, we need to see, like, on the ground... Like, there's always something about, like, expressing it in a way that we can understand on the ground. You know? So, like, say, okay, they blow up a planet, but you know what you see? Like, say if you see stormtroopers, they're kicking indoors, they're dragging out families, kids away from families, this, that, and the other. Like, you're seeing stuff on the ground, right? So that we can actually relate, like, oh, shoot. These guys are really bad. Oh, they actually need a rebellion to stop these guys from doing this thing. New you know, Hope. It's not esoteric and so far removed from us. New Hope does that well. New yes. Hope, it begins, boom. Stormtroopers on the ship, they're shooting up people, taking over the ship. Even Force right. Awakens to some degree does yes. that pretty good as well. Yeah, yeah. But they last- blow up her, like when they land at the very beginning. And you're seeing Finn's development. Yeah. Right, like that. right, right. Yeah, right. Yes, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, exactly. They, they, exactly. They butcher a village. Yeah. Right. You're seeing and, that. And like, you see Finn not wanting to do it. Right. You see, like, there's, there's so much. Exactly. exactly. Good character but development. they get away from it. Right. They just step so, away from that completely. That's why I can't support Last Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I can't support this movie. This movie, this, it, 
So one of the things that actually disappoints me about The Force Awakens right. is it's actually so far removed. Hmm. Like, I would have rather them not use the 30-year-old characters. Right. Like, 30-year-aged characters. Yeah, yeah. And tell the story. Like, to be honest, I, maybe there's hope that they can actually go back and insert another trilogy. Right. Between, um, what is it? Uh, the Force Awakens. Before The Force Awakens. Right, 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 right. Right? Because... Like how? Like you have the whole Han Solo's and, yeah. and Leia's relationship. Like their care, you know. Their how did yeah. that fall apart? Like you know, right. with their kid. They, you know? they deal with that and, like and, in the EU and, and the books and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, my my concern would be: Are you just going to produce another prequel? Yes, like the right. first three with Anakin, right? Yeah. Like, are we just doing it all over again? Yeah, as opposed to having some depth to it. Right, That's the right. sense you get, but I don't mind them using the old characters. Allow them to use them wisely. I don't think they use them very wisely. You know what I'm saying? So. If the if the story of the first of the Force Awakens was we've got to find Luke because Luke, why did I have to find Luke again? What was the reason? Um, well, the the uh, the Last Order wants to kill him to cut off the Jedi's altogether. Yeah, essentially, that was the Jedi's to to help them in the fight. No, no, there was that, that's it. They need to find Luke. In but our, why why are they finding Luke though? They need a Jedi to, to help for what? The whole fight. What's he gonna do? Yo, man, he can fly. He really fought one battle and he died in the second movie. What more could he do? No, but the whole point was that the <laughs> Jedi's had lost hope, so there wasn't right. another Jedi, even though Ray is that, and yeah. she's starting to get it herself without Luke, as we discussed. Right, right, but, right. Like, oh. That's the whole motivation for the good. The bad was like, um, he was uh, pro, or like he kept saying something to the effect of like, "Oh, once we destroy him, we've destroyed the Jedi's altogether." Right. So there's this. I, I, I'm not uh, okay. Yeah, no, all right, fine. Okay, okay, but okay. So Ray, so Ray's purpose for finding Luke is to get to learn how to be a Jedi. Yes. All right. So that's her purpose. Can't remember the point I was going to make, but I'll just riff until it comes back to me. So yeah. So Ray goes to try to find Luke. She gets rejected. Um. Poe. Sorry, I'm just thinking out loud. It seems like Force Awakens, not Force Awakens. Sorry, Last Jedi is about rejection a lot because. It's about failure. That too, but Ray goes. Luke gets rejected. Um, uh, Poe goes to her. To his leaders gets rejected. Right. <laughs> Rose Finn rejects Rose. Right. Um, yeah, it's a movie about rejection and just people being pushed back. Kylo feels rejected by by Snoke right. and gets rejected by Ray. Right. The movie's about rejection. Yeah, it's fail- failure, rejection. That's one of the themes. So in wait, there. Reje- so what? Just shoot your shot. Is this? Just rejection? That's it? No, no, no. There's like, more to it, but I just realized that that's, that plays a lot in the movie. Just constantly being rejected by all these characters, particularly by Luke and by Snoke. Yeah, because like... Because they're like, they, they're, they're, they're patriarchs. They're, they're... Father figures? Father figures. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid so of we, the fathers. We, what are you trying to say? Got you, Darnell. What are you trying to say? Uh, well, hey, man, I don't got to say it. The movie already said it, man. <laughs> Get <laughs> no, rid of but, the but, so, no, All I'm just saying is just for the for like the listeners, uh, you know, story resonates with all of us, and and, and, and it teaches us things. So, right, not to not to just uh, yes, yes, you want to be able to um, watch for escapism and enjoyment, but there's still you should still be paying attention uh, to, uh, like, you know, as a child, the moral of the story. Right. Uh, the theme exactly. of the story. These things will always stay with us. So, you know, you still want to go in um, with, um, as, as an active watcher exactly. rather than a passive watcher and having some kind of framework. And that's why it's tricky for Christians because, you know, 
we have a framework that we have to work from. Right. And a lot of times is, you know, okay, well, maybe you shouldn't even go watch the movie. Exactly. Because there's guns and aliens and obia. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> or um, a black magic obia and black magic. But yeah, um, but it's one of those things where I think we can think a little deeper than just um, that's bad and that's good. Um, and really think deeply about these things and, and if they're done well or not. Well, I, but also ask the question, why is it bad? Why is it good? Because you could walk up and say this movie's trash, but then tell me why it's trash. You don't like our podcast. Okay, fine. Why don't you like it? Or why do you like it? God, that's part of the question, too. That's because it may not be your taste, and that's fine. But it also needs to be something else, I, I would think, that why this movie does not work for you. But I, I definitely agree with you completely. And I think, especially if you're parents, you need to be, pay attention to what your kids are watching, too. Because they've been getting a lot of messages from media that you're not aware of that's changing their mindset. You go back and watch like Bugs Bunny and Mary Melody's cartoons from back in the day. There's a lot of adult things in those in those cartoons. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. and my question is, is that influencing kids? Or is that actually good for the parents to be able to watch it while their kids are watching it and being like, okay, I don't hate giving my kid the cartoon to watch. Like, I'm playing into the fact that, like, think about in the era that era – Whatever was on TV, the entire family was watching. That's yes, right. That so, is the like, yes. there, there's a little bit of a like. I don't want to misinterpret what they're doing there. And and there's interpretation from an older person. Exactly. So, like, that's a good point because I remember watching cartoons, and Leo, that's a very good point because there were things happening in the cartoon that I just didn't understand. Now, you think as a kid, you're like, oh, I'll understand everything, but um, uh, I remember the rooster. Was calling. Uh, who, who's that? I can't remember the the, the rooster in the, uh, in the Bugs Bunny movie. Foghorn. Foghorn. Like Foghorn. Foghorn. Yeah, and then and so. Uh, ah, I see. Ah, yeah, and he works. Uh, he works. Uh, um, he he's he's um he's calling this other this chicken. He's calling the chicken Yella. Yeah. Right. He says like you're Yella. You're scared. Now, I don't know what Yella means, so I asked my dad. My dad used that as an opportunity to talk about racism, and if anybody calls me a nigger. You punch him in the face. Like that, that, I remember that story. My dad just used that as a launching point to teach me a life lesson. Right. Derogatory term, essentially, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's calling him yellow. Someone calls you a nigga. It's the same thing. Don't let him do it. (laughs) I love my dad. (laughs) (laughs) So, I guess my question is, what, what would make, like, if, if, in episode nine, yeah. What would be redeeming? Oh. Like, oh, uh, honestly, I think this is this is going to be, like, a hard one. Like, after watching The Last Jedi, I was like, you know what? I don't need to watch the next film. That's the way I felt, too. I, I, don't, don't, I don't need to watch yeah. it. about episode nine. I. Now, you guys sound like you, I mean, I know you liked Solo. You were like, meh. meh. Yeah, I, I liked it. I liked so, it. So, are you saying you would rather see more... Star Wars stories themes, yes. With, like, I would, I'd rather, know, just a random, yeah. I'd, I'd rather see Obi Wan Kenobi, Obi Wan, yeah. Obi Wan movie. Yeah. I'd be like all over Ahsoka. that. I, yeah, I'll Ahsoka, yeah, Ahsoka story. Too. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Episode nine for them to redeem. I'll be curious to see how they do it. To be honest with yeah. you, I don't know if I can recommend anything except for ignoring the last movie because yeah. Leia's the only one who's still alive, right? No, she's. Yeah, in, in the f- yeah in the, the movie. film, yes, she's alive. Yeah, but Carrie Fisher is now. That's what he's referring this. to. In the yes, film. okay, yes. sorry. Um, but uh, Leia, not Carrie Fisher. Yeah, but uh, but Luke Skywalker is coming back for the last one as well. Because I wonder how they're going to do it. Because oh, that's because right. because yeah. the issue is is that I don't know. I'm not convinced that they can actually do a good ending. I feel that this will be another 
two movies. It'll be another movie. I think it'll be like a standalone-ish type movie that won't feel like an ending to this. So it's not going to be a good ending to this trilogy. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like. Because there's no way there's no way to end this movie after The Last Jedi. Because everyone is in the exact same spot. There's So they end. don't have to be setting up more movies. Yes. It's the much. only thing yeah, you can that, do with that's it. That's the only thing they can actually literally do is set up another movie. That's it. Yeah, I don't know how I don't know how they can actually finish this trilogy. There's no yeah, yeah. way they I, haven't. There's nothing left to be resolved. Right. There's what? What are we? Gonna I do? mean, other than um, uh, uh, like no, the, uh, the problem is not that there's, there's yeah, nothing left to be resolved. Kyle. The problem is that no one cares anymore. Right. You you've you've had two movies to establish a character, establish characters, and have them grow and move, and they haven't done that. They've regressed. Mm-hmm. You've killed off uh, two main main characters without resolving much like even even mark hamill said you know he was commenting recently saying oh we'll never get a chance to see han leia and luke again yeah he's hoping that this the, you know force awakens last jedi you have that opportunity for this trilogy that's not going to happen the yeah. most you'll get in the ninth one in the ninth film will be luke might come back maybe as a force ghost or something oh, and chill out with fair. with leia but that's about it. Or maybe in flashbacks, maybe. But even that would be difficult because one of the characters is dead in real life. So, in my view, they kind of mess it up a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to redeem it, but I'm curious to see how they do it. Like, if, 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 if JJ, JJ Abrams is directing the, the ninth one, so It'll he's be, good at establishing characters. So, I think the characters, characters would be good. Yeah, the characters will be The spawning. story in which they inhabit. So, it's almost like for with... If he somehow gets Finn back to being relevant, he has to almost ignore what happened to him. Yeah, basically, they're gonna yeah. have to retcon a lot of like nine to actually get do. rid of Rose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't that, think that's gonna too, be in honestly. It. That seems such like a a token diversity thing. It, yeah, it it did. It is, <laughs> and, and that's offensive because don't throw like uh, a minority or someone diverse in a film just to kind of appease me. Oh, a black guy's there. Okay, I guess. I guess the movie's gonna like, be great. You could have almost have Finn do everything she did instead. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, you would have developed his character. Like he ended up on another ship, part temporarily on the bomber, and he but, did. Well, that's that's the problem. Like you want diversity, that's fine. You want inclusivity, that's fine. There's no problem with these things. How do you do it though? What are they doing? Yeah. Like what are they doing in this film that I'm supposed to be attracted to, or that I'm supposed to appease my my satis- that supposed to satisfy me as a film watcher? But what did Finn do that make me make me proud as a black man? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is <laughs> he's, he's, he's the first stormtrooper. Freaking barriers. He's working for the man, though. Yeah, he's like, yeah, but you know what's funny? There, there was diversity to some extent in in A New Hope. Like while I was watching, it, I'm like looking for you know you see multicultural, right. even in the 70s. Like right, you know right, what I mean? Right. Like now, granted, sure you could say that there was too much male, blah blah blah. But like you right. use Leia as an example of like somewhat diversity. Leia, she was a great character. You know there there was. There was some, um, you know, I don't want to say derogatory, but that like male versus female stuff between her and Han. But like, yeah. when you look at their entire character arc between the two of them, and then, right, like, right, 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 yeah. it actually is amazing, right? Like, I loved like she calls him Laser Brain or something, or laser right, or right, something, right. Whatever, like, you know, and then the name calling back and forth between the two of them, like, yeah, at first there's like a bit of you know negative towards a female, but you can see it's actually just the two of them wrestling with their feelings and not you know do i like this person but they're also offending me and like but here's right, the thing right, though right. is okay so the directory terms from for, towards leia from han is that the director or the screenwriter's statement towards women or is that just han solo's character as yeah, it's written I, I agree you know what i'm saying it's just han solo's character 
Yeah, it was, right? it's, it's him being a prideful person. It's exactly, right? And, and But some people might take it as being, oh, the director and the screenwriter are making this comment about women or about men or whoever else. Not necessarily the case. They write a character, the character's arrogant, kind of a jerkish, right? But over the period of three films, he matures, they, they relationship builds, and perhaps his reflection of, of life back then in the 70s when it was write, written and, and filmed. I don't know. I think, going back to your earlier question, Darnell, about how people should interpret and look at these films is that, on one hand, I'm like, be careful what you watch. Be aware of your framework. Um, be aware of what the director or screenwriter of the film is presenting as their, I don't want to say their truth, but as truth or as their perspective <laughs> on things. I hate that term. As their perspective of things. But at the same token, not every movie needs to be over uh, analyzed and not every movie needs to be taken that seriously. There's some movies like, yeah, that's trash. I'm going to move on and call it a day. Or that's good and move on. But there's some movies, like you said, it's the cul- culmination of all these films, especially from one side of things, right. that can be dangerous and I can definitely get that. And because Maybe a lot of parents, not all parents, but many parents are kind of, here's a TV, here's a tablet, enjoy, and they're off doing something else. That's part of the problem as well. Yeah. So, like when you guys mentioned earlier, family, spending time together, yeah. watching film, being able to uh, express and explain certain things. You can watch wrestling and yeah. say, okay, I don't want you jumping off of kitchen tables. That's not a good idea. This is right, for entertainment right, only. Right. As opposed to letting kids kind of watch things, certain kids watch things and, and just develop their own ideas based on a cartoon. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and I, I would say like as a parent, you know, me and my wife now are just having conversations about like, you know, kids shows even like yeah. how, how are characters represented, right? Like, um, a really good scenario is the idea of like, how is a father being represented? Yeah. Right. right? Exactly. Because are you, if you're cur- demonstrating like a Homer Simpson type of adult and yeah. you're showing that to like a one, two, three year old, and now you're, you're, you're somewhat teaching them that this is what a father is. Right. And so being aware of like some of those subliminal messages, yeah, you might be being silly and whatnot, and that's not the intention, but like for, for young minds, especially like, what is the theme that you're demonstrating and how is that going to influence how they're going to potentially treat their, their friends and their family and their mother or their father? Right. I mean, the one example that I think of is like, it's so dumb and it happens all the time, but the best example is using Transformers. Use uh, Bumblebee new movie yeah. and the original Transformers. Yeah. The main character who interacted with Bumblebee in, in the original Shia LaBeouf, the male, yeah. his girlfriend, an absolute ditz. Yeah. Just right. a complete dummy. Yeah. The new movie... The female, mm. her boyfriend, an absolute Luke dummy. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. why? Why do we have to have this? Like, oh, the Extremes. the main character is smart and blah blah blah, and then they're the person they're with is an absolute moron. Right, like, right. How how are you, um, you know, just pl- like is it is it historically we were doing it to women, now we're doing it to men on purpose? Like, yeah. Or like maybe you might have a purpose for demonstrating they're with someone dumb. Fine. Right, but, right. But just doing it is like you're degrading that, you know, uh, the other person in the relationship just for no it's, reason. It's the extreme right. swings towards things. So, yes, in, in many films in the past, women haven't been shared, uh, shown in the best light. That's true. And same with minorities and such. Now, today, they want to go the extreme other direction and kind of do the same thing but in reverse, which I don't think is necessarily beneficial as well, if that's their intent. Make a movie make interesting characters, make them who they are, call it a day. Well, like Fresh Prince, like with like, Fresh Prince, like all the white, all the white characters, they're all kind of... You know what's a good example of that? Certain Christian movies. Okay. Certain Christian movies. If there's a non-believer in the movie, they're wickedly bad. 
Right. Like they're extremely, they do crack, they're pimps, <laughs> they're, they're, I don't know, they're, they're arsonists. And then you have a Christian who's, you know, going through a transition and a Christian who knows everything. But the non-believers are presented in such a way, it's like, yo, I can't show it to non-believers. It's impossible. There's not like a, there's, there's not a moderate non-believer who, he's a non-believer, but, you know, he doesn't do crack. He, right. you know, he, he pays his bills on time, takes care of his family. He doesn't believe in Christ, you know. So those he, he holds relative morality. Uh, yes, you know, there's, there's as a, opposed to being a, like everyone's like, oh, this is an immoral person. Yeah, right? complete like, a complete write off. Yeah, right. So, and so you want this a reflection of honesty of of real people in your film, depending on the type of film it is. Mind you, want a representative of real people how they actually act. Not everybody is extreme left or extreme right. Uh, but yeah, but I think I think. Going forward, you just want to make good films that entertain people that may have a message, whether you agree with it or disagree with it, but done well, a little bit more objective than not. I think one of the best movies that came out, not one of the best movies, but a good movie that came out that I enjoyed a lot was Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was great. Exactly. And it's presented well. You have a strong female lead. Um, it, the, the back, the, the, um, the, the, the setting of the film was, was, uh, World War One. World, World War One. Yeah. You know, there's some parts of like, yeah, but overall it was a good and enjoyable movie. And they even put things in there, little historical bits that we didn't remember. Like, I remember this one scene at the train station. We saw a lot of people from India there in, in uniform. And that reminded me, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, India played a large part in World War One because they're part of the, the, uh, the United Kingdom at that point. Mm-hmm. So it made sense. It fits. You get your diversity representation, it reminds us of history and is very clear and present. But that wasn't necessarily the the goal of the movie the goal of the movie was to kind of present Wonder Woman in this particular light and her voyage into into quote unquote man's world and how you know I don't want to go too far into this but it seemed like the theme of the movie was that people are inherently sinful yeah. in many aspects you know and and she because she's looking at oh it's Harry's Harry's doing this it's Harry's fault right some Greek god but it's like no 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 dudes and men's this are can be very, very wicked sometimes yeah, we we are the we are the cause of, of war yeah we so. are the cause of war but yeah yeah okay so i mean we've only been recording for an hour and 45 minutes um <laughs> uh, you know wrapping it up um i mean do you guys have any thoughts on you know do you think that that you know disney is at fault or in terms of like overall like you know, I think of the whole, just in general, like if we're trying to wrap up the, the idea of Star Wars, where it's come, where, like, what is, I mean, I think you could probably lay most of the blame on Disney because they do, they're doing this across the board, you know, with regards to, sh- you know, social issues, just putting them out there probably as much, if not more, as you mentioned, leading the charge. You know, you looked at Star Wars as leading the charge as opposed to the inclusivity aspect with Marvel. Um, well, I, I think with, uh, with uh, with these movies in general, say Marvel, Disney, and, and kind of like a inclusive like agenda and stuff like that, I think it does come down to kind of like a cultural elite that's kind of not associated with the people because you know like most of entertainment is in like the the West Coast, you know, L.A. stuff like that. So there's a lot more you know democratic, a lot more you know progressive in ideology and stuff like that. And so I think that's naturally going to influence like the things that they produce there's not like a wide there's not like a conservative voice that's like oh producing like mm-hmm. like uh producing films and stuff like that or you, you're not going to see that too broadly so 
I think it's the people that are working there that aggregate and that kind of make this uh, communally agreed upon direction that they want to go into. Because if it wasn't making the money, in, well, I don't think it's making the money as much now. Well, I was going to say the trajectory is kind of showing that, that it's, it's not going to make like, the money. But but I think we've basically said if they told stories well, yeah, it wouldn't matter. It would it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't. It, right? You can put whatever theme you want in there. Yeah. If it's a good story, people are going to listen. Yeah. No, definitely. I think initially they need to remember they're storytellers and they're also a business. So right. they're going to do what's good for business until it's not good for business. Right. Um, if their mindset is to create good content, good storytellers that has the, the legacy of the original Star Wars, of a Lion King, of, you know, Cinderella, whatever back in the past, you know, they have to think more deeply about who the audience is, um, bringing a large range of our, our audiences and not isolating people out. Um, as well. So, so back to the question: Like, is is Disney at fault for this? Oh, or, uh, is, or is well, like- well, just it's, 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 I think the point I'm making is that it's a business; they're going to do what they're going to do. Right. So, is it Disney's fault versus who? Well, I versus- just mean you know Hollywood as a whole, the individual yeah. director. Like, I guess my point is like, I, I, no, I, sorry, I'm going to say it's it's going to be it's it's the compartment. Like, I don't think Disney necessarily per se as much as whoever's running Lucas Films right now. Right. Um. And Lucasfilm does what they do. Disney checks off on it. Even the director, you hire the director, you're going to check off on their script, right? So look, look at Lucasfilm particularly as a division of Disney. And I'll simply say, yeah, is they're, they're the ones responsible for this because they're the one making the movie. Is it under pressure of society? No, I think that has a particular agenda. I think they want to do things, not just be, not simply to appease, um, a portion of society, but because they actually believe what they're doing is the best way of conveying whatever message or ideas or agenda that they have. Yes. Right. And I, again, I'll reiterate this. I don't have a problem with them voicing a particular opposing view. Do it in a way that A, I know actually what you're talking about and B, within the context of a good story, a good story. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much all I'm asking for. Um, don't beat anybody over the head one-sided with a particular thing and it's just, rights. Yeah, it's, it's just a very blunt object with no 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 precision to it yeah um i would say uh, my recommendation to the to the listeners i would say uh you know stories is a crucial part of our life we have our own stories uh, and we should make sure that we go in when we're watching these movies to be able to interpret our story uh, in light of, for those of us who are Christians, interpreting our story in light of a biblical story, in light of the movie story. Mm-hmm. So there are points of continuity and discontinuity. Yes. Right. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, Bible talks about sin. We see, we see, uh, uh, better illustrated in a movie the depths of a person's depravity mm-hmm. by decapitating, by decapitating that person. Wow. Sin is really that bad. There's points of continuity you could take away. And I feel like, uh, just like, the, I guess I learned this from Simeon Trust and, and good exposition is, you know, the best sermons have one point, not two. It doesn't major in minors, right? Uh, right? So it, it, the, the key thing is just finding the one point in the movie that you can redeem. Yes. Yes. Okay. You know, there's the token black guy and he's in love with a white girl. Yeah. Uh, but there, the, 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 there's a bigger theme there that you can take away exactly. and, and, and apply to your life. So yes, yes, it's, it's cool for us to nitpick at certain things, 
Um, but those are just tertiary, secondary issues as opposed to being able to identify, uh, the primary issue within the movie. Uh, so yeah, that, that's it. Just, just making sure that, that you're going into movies with, with, with a framework to interpret it as opposed to being passive. Cause then you're just wasting your money. And when people ask you how the movie went and you just don't really give a good breakdown and you're just a waste mute. So yeah. <laughs> so I guess, uh, maybe we'll finish with. And, and I think you guys might have already answered this question before. Of the whole series, what's your favorite movie? Oh. Oh. Out of the whole, like... Everything. One. Everything. Only one. As a rule, I generally don't have favorites, but I would say... Um, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, that's my favorite. I think Empire Strikes Back or the second one... Luke Skywalker's on Dagobah in which episode? Uh, Empire Strikes Back. Is Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, that one. Yeah, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I think for me, Empire Strikes Back, like the CGI kind of gets elevated yeah. just slightly yeah. from from the first one. I mean, I, I think the first one, like when I was, we were talking beforehand, I was like, CGI sucks. Like what my notice was like the lasers just seemed off <laughs> like in the first one like it was just like you know even you know you watch the newer ones and like there's a level where it worked the, the one thing through the entire original trilogy that drove me nuts the laser like gunfights yeah mm-hmm. nobody cared about where they were aiming <laughs> like it was just like shoot, 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 shoot you know just and then i really appreciated uh like when i was watching the newer ones like oh wait they're actually aiming to try to hit things like yeah. you know you get the one scene where he's like bang, bang bang like he's hitting four of them with four bullets kind of thing whereas like the first one it was just like everybody's just firing as much as possible but anyways i digress but like coming into empire strikes back like you know that first scene where the first battle um on um is it off? hot on yeah. Off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah like but you know even the the you know the the lightsaber battle was really good in yes, that one right. Mm-hmm. right like as opposed to the lightsaber battle in the first one was like over in five seconds and right it was yeah like it was very a... depressing right. <laughs> but, you know so i don't know that was for me empire strikes back i mean return of the jedi was very much a continuation of that right, right but right. but empire strikes back to me it was so much better yeah. like from a you, you didn't have to spend so much time developing the story yeah as the, the first one more stakes were introduced as, as yeah well. you know i like empire strikes back because it's a darker film. Not just because of darker film, because you see when Luke Skywalker changes instantly. Yeah. Like this, for half the half the franchise, uh, half the series, he's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm with the farm," yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. whiny. And then, like in a one when one scene with Yoda, he switches up. Like, I gotta go get my friends. I'm a Jedi now, like my father before me, yeah. and he's off on a mission. Yeah, 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 so yeah, I yeah. love that quick switch, and he went off the the do what he had to do. And, and then I was like, the story development, so many different like trails, they all worked. Yeah. Right, like. Take the entire Millennium Falcon. Every little way that they were a different place or moving a different like that that story just really progressed well. Yeah. Obviously, similarly Luke's story. Yeah. Um. And like whether they, you know, I loved him his first meeting with Yoda and how that unveiled. Like yeah, 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 you know, just yeah, yeah. Right, and, and right, the whole right. thing, right? Like his whole time on you know that that planet and like just everything about it. There was just you know you had three almost storylines going at the same time but yeah. they just all unfolded well yeah as opposed to i mean even in the first one i remember there was like well, that's kind of random yeah, like yeah, yeah. the way that they made the story work but it still worked right like uh in the sense of like 
I think it was some like when when you know you're like, wow, that's really um, unlikely or super unprobable that that you know ran, like these circumstances all come together. Yeah. But but at the same time, like we're in this random fictional world, so it works as opposed to forcing the story, mm, right? Like right. so, Darnell. What about you? My favorite is Revenge of the Sith. I thought I, I just found Darth Vader and his origins fascinating. You've been um, a from, one. Yeah, from no. from being Anakin, yeah, and um and then him uh, you know, fighting his mentor, Obi Wan. I, I I just thought the development was even just him as a young prodigy, um, as a child and, and it kinda put everything in perspective in regards to saying, Okay, you have a bad guy, but at one point he was good. Yes. You know, right, and, right, and, right. and and you know, he, he was pure of heart. Uh, it's almost like being at a baby dedication, right? You know, what about, you know, <laughs> where you're like, oh, wow, you know, they're so cute and, you know, let's pray over them. And the next thing, you know, you're, you're visiting them in the bin. So it's one of those things where you're just like, yeah, there's a point where, you know, people start out generally well and, and with potential. Right. But, you know, for all we know, we don't know how these things turn out. And then, and now you have, uh, Darth Vader. So I, 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 I really loved it, and I just feel like I might just go home and watch it again. You know what? I'm going to say something. Um, I don't know. No one's probably going to agree with me. Let's say the prequels is the best trilogy because of what you said. Because you see the arc of Darth Vader. And, and more or less the Jedi as well. The the rising class of the Jedis. New Hope and that, and New Hope and Return of the Jedi, whatever, is, has the best journey it's a, it's a great adventure and force awakens and and last jedi i guess has the best character development is that fair to say maybe, well, maybe I, I, I would say the force awakens the force last awakens. jedi yeah, okay force awakens at this point yeah yeah what, what was your favorite film um i think i agree with you guys with empire but like even thinking contemporary i really like force awakens a lot i i like it i like it a lot um, just just because yeah. of the setup of the characters, I I like like the, the nuance. Like I said before, thing. the nuance that they were building into the whole right. world, yeah. right? Like all I, these different, some extent, character development that we haven't seen before. Right. That yeah. that's what I really liked about it. Empire, like I think the tried and true is 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 Empire because it is a more dramatic film, like film as well too. Just in general, even like how like it ends and stuff like that. It, it is interesting you to know? see the redemption of Darth Vader as well, right? You know, so yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll finish with. There's a quote. I'm pretty sure it's Yoda that says this in Return of the Jedi. First, as a kid, I hated when he died. Yeah, like when Yoda's <laughs> died, I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's now, obviously, yeah. the fact that he gets to come back and all that stuff yeah, kind of yeah. made it better. But I remember first watching, be like, "Why are you taking him away?" Like he's yeah, such a it's great like e. character. When he dies, so that it comes um, back. Cool. So, Yo- like, there was this like interaction between Luke and, and Yoda, and Yoda said, said, "Luke said something about." Um, about his, he was critiquing his truth, or or the fact that like he was biased, and and Yoda says many of the truths we cling depend greatly on our point of view. I think it's Yoda. It might not have been him. It might have been someone else. Right. But that that quote, like I went back and like rewatched and made sure I got it precisely because it's like the the idea of like you're not recognizing your own bias, mm-hmm. and and I mean that comes back to our show yeah. a little bit more. Right, um, right, right. And so that's where, you know, you get this very profound quote in and amongst 
you know, just almost an off the cuff comment. Right. So I don't know. I think it lends to your whole point about the storytelling yeah. being better. Right. As opposed to the really poor writing in the first. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, or the, the prequel trilogy. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, definitely. Oh. Cool. Well, it's a wrap. Was, yeah. I mean, it's our first, what, two hour podcast for, so we'll see, uh, yeah. see how this turns out. I have a lot of work to do. Since report, after watch, CLS. <laughs> we out. Peace. Shout out to Phil Darko. <laughs> oh, and Jamaria, shout out. We love you, baby. <laughs> Goodbye. Does that make sense?